Dr. Jones? Surely you don't think you can escape from this island. It depends on how reasonable we're all willing to be. All I want is the girl. Yes, blow it up! Blow it back to God. All your life has been spent in pursuit of archaeological relics. Inside the Ark are treasures beyond your wildest aspirations. You want to see it open as well as I. Indiana, we are simply passing through history. This, this is history. Welcome to Two True Freaks Commentary Monthly Monday, the show that you, the listener, decides the content of. This is uh, the first one that we've done this um, using, the, but we'll be doing this every time. We'll be taking a poll on our um, on our forum site at uh, <laughs> www.forumforgeeks.com, and uh, you can go there and vote on. What you know, make a suggestion and vote on a whole list of movies that we'll do a commentary for. And this month, the listeners have spoken and they actually it actually worked. We got a decision and we're gonna hold to our promise and we're gonna do that movie right now, even though it wasn't the movie I wanted. <laughs> I was I was sort of planning on another movie, but that that movie actually. I don't think that I think that movie's down in the one vote category right now. <laughs> but the winner The winner by, by a landslide un, by a landslide by a unanimous decision Raiders of the Lost Ark by Steven Spielberg and starring Harrison Ford. Never heard of it. Yeah, I, I, I heard it's good, so I'm looking forward to seeing it and, and uh you know, get getting my first impression on it. Yes, uh, it's it's. Uh, I think this is a movie I keep calling the perfect movie. <laughs> so, <laughs> it, even though it wasn't the movie, the movie that I was sort of um, pulling for was actually Crystal Skull. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think I, I think that's what we had decided to do before we realized that you know we were supposed to let the listeners decide this. So, <laughs> yeah, they certainly didn't decide Crystal Skull either. So I think you're um, you were dead on on, <laughs> on that decision. <laughs> at least, at least from the listener's point of view, I don't know why we care what they want, but I guess we do. Well, you know me; you know I'm not much of a rules kind of guy. As a matter right. of fact, I don't like rules. I like to <laughs> flaunt and break the rules. However, I do believe that there is one cardinal rule of podcasting, and at the moment, we are breaking it very badly. Which yes. is, you should always introduce yourself at the beginning of the show so that people know who the hell you is. So hi, I'm Scott Gardner. I'm Chris Honeywell, I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm Chris Honeywell. <laughs> For the time being, anyway. For the time being, yes, I realize. Actually, there's a lot of people who listen to our um, our uh, 
commentaries, I think, through that Zarban.com who probably don't know that, that who we are. They should know who we are, and now you know who we are. I yeah, like no that site. from now on. Yeah, They're I do, driving too. driving traffic to us, so I love them. Thank you so much. I ju- I, it's also just an awesome, awesome, awesome source of movie commentaries for mm-hmm. Uh, not just movie commentaries, but there's people doing, you know, seasons of TV shows and stuff like that. So it's just fun. It's just a it's it's just a, a pack of fun. And I'm glad we're involved in it. Me, too. I, I plan, you know, if if we can squeeze in the time, I, I plan to just drive more and more traffic, you know, to them. And then they can turn around and drive it to us because uh, I know that you and I have a have a whole slew of uh commentaries that we want to do here eventually well, that, so yeah i mean this this is a show that we'll never have to really worry about having a dearth of material for to do this is really right. not good i mean you know i mean really it's just a point now of deciding of like do we want to stick to all our favorite you know if we just did all our favorite movies we could be doing these commentaries on a monthly basis for a year till we're old and older and you know, <laughs> in a rest home so, right so yeah it's it's all a, a and and one of the one of the things that we've been talking about on with in the voting process is sometimes there's going to be some movies that yeah you, you know people might if it gets voted up but if it's a movie that we're not familiar with or have no attachment to we might not want to do it just because it wouldn't be an interesting commentary for for people to right. listen to I feel bad about it that might. because, you know, I, I almost feel like, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm trying so hard not to, but I almost feel like like I'm censoring in that thread, you know, because people will throw out things and I'm, you know, because I got called out by somebody on the forum because I, I posted up the current tally of votes and I left some movies off the list and somebody instantly called me out like, where's this movie? And it's like, you know, how do you tell somebody that I'm sorry, I, it, I have no interest in that movie that you suggested? But that's I basically think that's what, what you said. I to, think that's you know? basically what you said. But you said it nicely. I mean, you know, the, the, but that's the thing is, is you got to have something to say about it. Right. I mean, and I don't and, and I don't want to get into a movie that's potentially someone's favorite movie. And all of a sudden I hate it and I decide that I want to just like deride it all yeah. through the movie, you know, or something yeah. like that. Although, that's not fun. I've that could that, that could be fun. That it could be it fun. It could be, but, but you know, I don't. I really don't want to do that because I've been in that that position before. Because uh, when I was in the service, a buddy of mine, a great guy, you know, we were really good friends, and he kept trying to get me to watch. Oh, what is that movie? It's got Rutger Hauer and I think Matthew Broderick, Lady Hawk. Oh, Lady Hawk. He kept trying to get me to watch that movie, and I had no interest. I kept trying to politely steer him away from... So he finally ropes me into watching this movie. And we made it about 30 minutes into it, and I couldn't get over the fact that the soundtrack is horrible. It sounds like it's from a porno, and I'm not kidding you. And I just started ripping on it mercilessly. And it got to the point where he finally just popped the cassette out and stormed off. You know, he was that pissed. And I was like, whoops, you know, so I don't ever want to do that to somebody. I mean, everybody's got their favorite movie. I'm sure that some of my favorite movies are, you know, people hate them. So, you know, I don't want to do that. But there might be that moment where you're like, like, 
it's funny, Lady Hawk and Willow are two movies from that time period that I never watched. And I have to see them someday, but I have a feeling that now that they're out of the 80s and I'm out of the 80s, it might not be as the same experience, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. But, um, yeah, it's, it, 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 it's, it's, it's weird. It's hard, it's, it's hard to, you know, know what we'd be going into with something like that. And I'm not opposed to trying it sometime. But when it's a contest between Raiders of the Lost Ark and, say, Lady Hawk, it's going to be Raiders of the Lost Ark every See, time. I, I wouldn't have a problem with some of these things that people are throwing out. Like, say, just off the top of my head, one I can that I know keeps coming up is uh, Masters of the Universe. Masters I wouldn't have a problem doing, like, within the framework of, say, like, Comics Monthly Monday, doing, like, a 20-minute review of it if i sat down and watched it but the problem is doing a commentary for me to do a commentary it has to be a movie that i feel pretty intimately familiar with otherwise i'm just going to end up sitting there and watching the movie well it's like it's like your friends you know you feel more it's it's more comfortable to like if you want to rib your friends or right. or or right. talk about them on a more personal basis whereas uh, you know, a new movie would would be, you know, um, us doing a commentary on, say, Masters of the Universe would be like hanging out with new friends and starting to call them asshole, you know? <laughs> and, and the, you right, know, the, right. it pisses them off because they don't know that you're kidding or you're not, you haven't right. reached that level of intimacy yet to 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 actually be able to, to rag on them. Right. Because I'm sure we'll actually find a couple things to rag on in Raiders of the Lost Ark, but God damn, it'll oh, be definitely. hard. It's going to be hard. I've already got one prepared, actually, so, uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, real quick, before we get into this, um, I have something Indiana Jones-related that uh, I've been just itching to talk about, and now I can finally do so. And... Uh, I'm trying to remember what show it was. I don't remember which episode it was, but not long ago, I did something. I said something on the on the show, and then I almost instantly regretted it. And I'm not sure if you edited the show or I edited the show, but I I was I I really had considered taking it out because I thought you know that was actually kind of rude, but it ended up going into the show. And it was where I had I had said that a while back that there was a listener that had said something about sending me some books, and then I kind of just never heard from them again. But as soon as that episode went up, I heard from the person, and it was Dave Atterbury, who's, uh, I think he goes by, what is it, the DLA? The DLA. Right? On, on the forum. Yeah, it's Dave Atterbury, great guy. And he got a hold of me. He was basically like, oh, shit, I forgot all about that. You know, I'll get him right out to you. And, you know, he was all apologetic about it and everything. And I'm thinking, dude, you know, it's like, I I'm just glad that you weren't like, what an asshole, right. you know? Yeah. Well, <laughs> been you know had, me. yeah, exactly. You know, he had every right to be like, well, that was very presumptuous. But he was really awesome about it and uh, and sent the books out. And I got them, I mean, just like days later. It was great. He sent me a big old box of stuff. And I'm going to talk about, there, there was even more stuff in the box besides the Indiana Jones stuff that uh, I'll be talking about on another upcoming show. But here's what Dave sent me. He sent me just about the entire series of Indiana Jones novels. I, I think this lacks like, oh. I think three books from the, from the entire series. Right. So every one of these is in, is named Indiana Jones and the, 
So I'm going to leave off that part and just read the list of books. But here's what there is. There's the, the, for one thing, there's like the first five. And then beyond that, I'm not sure what the numbers are. But the first five books, it's you got Peril at Delphi, uh, Dance of the Giants, The Seven Veils, The Genesis Deluge, uh, The Unicorn's Legacy, and The Interior World. Those are all by Rob McGregor. And then you've got... Um, Holy the Sky cow. Pirates and the White Witch, which are by Martin Caden, the guy that wrote the book Cyborg that the Six Million Dollar Man was based on. And then the last one in the stack here is uh, uh, Indiana Jones and the Dinosaur Egg. So this is a great big stack of Indiana Jones novels. And I was just like, dude, this is awesome. Because I've always wanted to check them out, but it was one of those things where I was kind of burned by the first book because I read, I actually have peril at delphi in my collection this that's the first book and it i'll be honest it wasn't very good and it kind of put me off from wanting to read any of the other ones but i still have an interest because some of the the premises of some of the other books like the interior world or the one about noah's ark sound interesting and and kind of piqued my interest but it was one of those things where yeah these are pretty much going to have to fall in my lap for me to ever you know get into them well here they go you know right in my lap what the the really cool thing about this was uh right about that same time i got an email or a message or something no it was a facebook message from bill robinson who i mentioned in our last recording i'm not sure if this is the last thing that the listeners will have heard but it was in our uh walking dead wednesday for this month uh bill robinson sent me that walking dead rise of the governor book which I made the mistake of cracking open, and now I can't put it now down. Now you can't put so, it down. I told you I was, it would be a yeah. an inhaler. Yeah, the book I was actually reading has fallen to the wayside while I uh, burned through this book. It's I'm loving it. It's great. Anyway, uh, Bill sends me a message. He's basically like, dude, are you ever going to answer me back? And I, and I was like, I think I've told this story on the air. Anyway, so I answered him back uh, a message that I wasn't aware that I, I had even received. And he had offered to send me books. And lo and behold, with the books that he sent me, I now have duplicates of the first five Indiana Jones books. So I am going to send them to you, my friends. You will now have the first five Indiana Jones books. Awesome. Bill. And and he knew that. Thank you, Scott Gardner and Bill Robinson. Yes. And and Bill knew that um, sending the books that I that I was going to have duplicates of them and everything. So this is uh, this is Bill approved that I passed them to you. I told him I would give a, a good home. So. That Bill has been approved. I think of him as Citizen Bill, but he'll know what I'm talking about with that. <laughs> but uh, thanks both those guys because that's that's awesome. I you know I, I think there's no better gift in the world than a book and, and books. Give, yeah. To get a great big old stack of books is is really, really awesome. So I'm going to uh, try my best to get to these very soon. I've got a brief announcement. Uh-huh. Is everybody should go to Vimeo.com and look up Raiding the Lost Ark. It's uh, Jamie Benning's new filmumentary, you know, in, in the style of his Star Wars filmumentaries, which, you know, you can refer back. We got a past episode of Two True Freaks with an interview with him. Um, a really good interview. He's, he's, he's a really nice guy, and he, these movies are great. I can't, I, I've 
you know, I've I've gone over a million times how uh, it was. Uh, what was it? Star Wars Begins, Building Empire, Returning and the Returning the Jedi, and they're all just you know you can't. If they were a book, you couldn't put them down. You can't t- peel your eye, eyes off. You see the movies in a whole new light, and he just did that treatment for Raiders, and uh, um, it's I've watched. I, he had the first forty minutes of it up, and I and I watched it, and it was just like the other ones. It's fantastic. So he's got the whole movie up there. You can go go watch it on Vimeo. It got taken down off YouTube by by Lucas's request. But so far, it's still on video, Vimeo. You know, he's not making any money off it. He's not selling it or, or anything like that. And, and as a film editor, I know, and he puts a lot of work in it. In the, in the rating, the Lost Ark one. This one, he actually, went the extra mile and um, hunted down some of the um, uh, actors and stuntmen and production team. And I think he hunted down Sean Young, the actress Sean Young, because she read for the part and had her talking about reading for for the part of Marion and stuff like that. Oh wow! So he so he actually generated a lot of his own material for it too, you know, for the because he was finding that he couldn't find as much stuff for Raiders as he could, you know, behind the scenes stuff for Raiders as he could with Star Wars. Right. So he he had to actually go out and generate his own own material to to fill in and and it and it really it's it's it, it really it's awesome it's awesome and it's and it's similar to the star wars ones but it has a raiders feel to it you know the text in it he uses the same style of text as from the raiders posters you know that sort of eh, it was sort of futuristic and retro looking style text at the same time right. he uses that on the screen and it just has a whole different fe- – it's a different movie, and it has a f- different feel than the Star Wars ones while having the same format. It's fantastic. I highly, highly, highly recommend that you go watch it after you've listened to our <laughs> our commentary. <laughs> well, the uh, the DVDs that are out there for the for the Star Wars trilogy that he's done already are just – I mean, they're, they're awesome. They're everything – I feel like, like his stuff is everything – that a uh, that a DVD extra should yes. be and yes. typically is not, you know. That's the common comment on his work, and that was what I felt about him when I saw him. Is this guy is doing it right? Mm-hmm. You know, he's 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 combined the visual aspect with a commentary, and <clears throat> it's so obvious. You know, it's so obvious with the visual medium of a DVD that you do that, but nobody's really done that. And I'm very surprised that it hasn't gotten adopted yet. You know, that somebody hasn't been like, hmm, maybe we should do, you know. Right. Maybe we should, you know, he should. I, I, I'm hoping that he's copyrighted the term filmumentary so that maybe he could, you know. I, I would love it if, you know, these companies hired him and said, hey, do the film, you know, do the filmumentary for a DVD extra on our movie and we'll pay you, you know. That's what I was hoping, too, is that he was going to be able to parlay this into a real gig with, you know, Lucasfilm or somebody like that, because, I mean, well, I, it's quality stuff, you know, yes. he, he deserves it. And it's and it's something, you know, he's I think he, he pretty much he already works in the media and he's got a good job and stuff like that. So he's not seeking it. He's not like. I'm going to do this to impress Lucasfilm and get a job there. 
I'm sure he would love that. Who wouldn't? But he did it just out of the need to do it, you know, that he right. had the idea and he had to do it and and it was a good idea and and he did it and and there's you know, there's you can feel that there's no um agenda behind it. And right. that's one of the the wonderful things about it. It's just um it's just pure fan love and and and, and it's somebody who really really put a lot of thought into it and a lot of effort and did it right you know and you know he would always get a final version and you'd see his final version on youtube and then you know he would sit and master it down and get it all nice when you see it on video it's in nice high definition so if you got a nice big computer screen you can watch it you can blow it up full screen and and it looks beautiful right and, and uh yeah i can't can't recommend it enough and well, we're gonna yeah. have to uh, we're gonna have to pursue getting him back on the show so he yes. can uh, you know we can we can you know have a chat with him and he can uh, plug his his work and also you were telling me about his upcoming project which uh, we'll save uh, to announce we'll save at the end, the end of the show because it's yeah. it's relevant to uh, what we're going to be doing in the future. Um, I say real quick, let's take a little break and we'll come back. We have a special announcement regarding Indiana Jones, and then we will get into our uh, full feature commentary for Raiders of the Lost Ark. For nearly 3,000 years, man has searched for the lost Ark of the Covenant. The Bible speaks of the Ark leveling mountains and laying waste to entire regions. Not something to be taken lightly. No one knows its secrets. Jones, do you realize what the Ark is? It's a transmitter. It's a radio for speaking to God. An army which carries the Ark before it is invincible. The Ark, it is their Atanis. And it is something that man was not meant to disturb. It is protected by forces beyond imagination. It is desired above all treasures on earth by those who are good, trust me, and those who are evil. I tell you everything. Yes, I know you will. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Better go. No time if you still want the ark. It has been loaded onto a truck for Cairo. Raiders of the Lost Ark. A film from Steven Spielberg and George Lucas. Before we get into this movie, we have an announcement for another one of our shows that has relevance to this movie, and I will hand it over to Scott Gardner to explain to you what the hell is going on here. Gay. Um, oh. Yeah. 
<laughs> Great. <laughs> awesome. Well, you know, uh, like we were saying, we've had Indiana Jones on the brain for a little while now because originally we were thinking about doing uh, Crystal Skull and, and you know... And we had a feeling for a little bit that uh, that Raiders was going to end up being the uh, the clear winner in the contest this month for the commentary. But anyway, as I say, we've had Indiana Jones on the brain for a while now. Over on uh, Star Wars Monthly Monday that you can hear on the uh, first Monday of every month, you know, it was recently pointed out on the forum, and we've been kind of lamenting the fact on the show ourselves that we're pretty quickly coming up toward the end of of Marvel Star Wars. And that's that's going to be sad. We're not in any hurry to to have it all be, you know, for that ride to be over. You know, we're we're really enjoying where that's going, and uh, we want to kind of pad it out as long as possible without, you know, without milking it either. But anyway, um, we're just trying to figure out, you know, how how can we prolong that, you know, and, and make it last and savor it as much as possible. And one of the things we were thinking about was you know, other things that we can do with the show. Something I'd been itching to talk about for the longest time on one show or another and just really hadn't made the the time for it yet was John Byrne's epic story. I, I really feel that that's an appropriate word. His uh, His opening story for the further adventures of Indiana Jones uh, Marvel comic series. Then I got to thinking, you know... That series wasn't great, and it was hit and miss, but it might be fun to take a look at that, you know, alongside... years down the line, yeah. Yeah, you know, alongside the uh, the Marvel uh, Comics Star Wars stuff. You know, it's all Lucasfilm, so it's all kind of, you know, in the same family and everything. So we kind of decided that uh, in the future, what we're going to do is uh, we're going to cover an issue or two of uh, Marvel Star Wars, like we always do, but now... We're going to kind of spice it up a little bit with a little more Lucasfilm in our uh, Star Wars Monthly Monday. We're now going to cover an issue of The Further Adventures of Indiana Jones. And we're going to kick the whole thing off with actually covering the Raiders of the Lost Ark adaptation in our first episode. And then after that, we will get into the actual Further Adventures of Indiana Jones. Uh, first story arc uh, starts off with uh, just just great stuff by John Byrne. You know, John Byrne at the at the top of his form, I believe. And so, John Byrne, Terry Austin. So yeah, my my perfect combination of yeah, really good stuff. And uh, you know, as I say, it'll be a bit of a roller coaster ride. At least you know this is how we recall it because it has been a long time since either of us have read you know any of that series beyond the John Byrne stuff. I remember it being kind of up and down, but I do know that uh, you know some top talent worked on that book. So it, it'll be an interesting look back and uh, and see how we see it you know today. So listen out for that on uh, on the upcoming Star Wars Monthly Monday. We're really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And with that, I think we're pretty much ready for uh, for our commentary, for aren't our we? Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yes. Okay. Yes. So we both got our um, our our file of it started at a black screen, which is of course going to fade into the Paramount logo. You want me to do the countdown? You want to do the yeah, countdown? Yeah, you, you do, do you... the countdown. I we are both paused at zero zero. So when uh, when we say the word, we'll we'll go ahead. Hang on, just a second. My stupid antivirus just kicked on. 
it's automatic for this time. <laughs> there we go. Let me turn that off so it doesn't mess up my player at all. Okay, I think I'm good to go here. Okay, and I'll give a, th a countdown from three, and then on go, we'll right. hit pause. Okay. Three, two, one, go. All right, we are playing a Paramount picture. It's a pretty picture. It's uh, this was such an epic beginning that 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 is such a just a stroke of genius to um, do that. And, you know, these days they could have just like CG'd it in. But in those mm -hmm. days, they had to send some poor slob out there <laughs> to find the Paramount, you know, find some place that they could get the Paramount logo at the right angle and still be able to, uh, you know, have an opening scene and it's just, just it's just brilliant i just wonder what the uh the the origin of that is you know what what was the uh you know whose decision was that and you know that sort of thing to me it says spielberg all over it it's got spielberg all over it um i always think of this i know this is george lucas steven spielberg pet project i always think of this as spielberg's movie right you know, I, I i think of of george lucas as being like oh this is you know the general idea of it and maybe even coming up with the original idea and inspiring it but you know just the way it's directed that that the extra touches the the 10 million extra touches are all Steven Spielberg, you know, at his, at his prime, you know, at his hungriest and not hungriest, but, you know, just at the, the peak of his energy and mm -hmm. talent. And, uh, yeah. So I think we need to lead this off right and, uh, and do our, uh, our origin stories for, mm. uh, Raiders. If, if we, if we recall them, <laughs> I recall mine. I've, I recall mine. Go ahead. Very strongly. This is a strange move because, you know, I was Star, you know, Mr. Star Wars freak, but I was a sci-fi nerd. So this was under even though Spielberg directed it, it was kind of under my radar or just, you know, as a little kid I was like, "Ah, eh, you know, whatever. I I didn't really I didn't really hear about it coming out or anything. There was no impetus for me to see this movie." And um, the, the, the reason I saw it in the first place is my, my mother, who's what's in, ironically was usually the censor of the. I usually I, I would say I saw a movie because my dad took me to it. But in this case, my mom probably saw she was a big watcher of the Today Show. So she probably saw Gene Shalit do a review of it and was like, "Ooh, the kids will love this. So she piled all the kids in the car and took us to a Saturday matinee. You know, we're going to the, you know, on the, it was one of those odd occasions where it wasn't like, we want to go see this movie. My mom was like, we're going to Watertown and going to see a movie. And it was like, ooh, you know, and it was Raiders of the Lost Ark. And we were just kind of like, ah, I don't know. I swear to God, I didn't see that gun actually go off. <laughs> but, yeah, I um, think that every time, actually. Um. So, you know, that we were all in the car and like and then it's like Raiders of the Lost Ark and I was like, ah, you know, what I I don't it doesn't didn't sound like it happened in space. And uh so, you know, we got in the movie theater 
and then okay it's steven spielberg so i'm starting to get excited and you know by this point in the movie you know 10 seconds in i'm hooked you know i realized that something special was going on and the other bonus is we were talking about this and uh, I think it was in the Vault of Starling Monster Horror Tales of Terror when, when you're with your parents and you get to see boobs. Mm-hmm. This wasn't boobs, but this movie was violent as hell, as we're going to see very soon. You know, it had a good amount of shocking gore, you know, like over-the-top gore and and realistic violence, but a lot of it. A lot of people... Indiana Jones murders people in this movie. You know, people get just killed left and right and that you know i think if my mom knew that she probably wouldn't have taken us to the movie but then again you know parents are like anybody else you know she was sold on it too we we i went with a whole different group of kids that my mom compiled again and we all went to that beautiful old classic theater in lauville and uh and uh, watch this in Lauville and you know one of those per- you know they used to show cartoons before the movie and I remember seeing this and uh, I remember seeing National Lampoon's Vacation there and it just being you know a classic film experience that a lot of people just aren't going to get anymore these days and at the at the Lauville um, theater I actually talked to the the owner and he mailed me the movie poster when they were done with it. Oh wow! So I I used I don't know what I wish I knew what happened with it. It was an original, you know, full sheet. Um, you know the classic, the classic, you know, painted art Raiders of the Lost Ark poster. You know the, and uh, from the Lauville movie theater, it was awesome. I was like, I love that poster. My mom's like, you should. You should ask him what they do with it. Maybe he'll sell it to you after after they're done with it. And he was just like, really? Now, is, is that that picture, the, the iconic picture that was on the cover of the of The, the record? novel and the record, yeah. With, yeah. With, with Harrison Ford and then the little Harrison Ford on the rope going down into the well. Not the Well of Souls, but down into the snake pit. Right. Or no, was it the Well Yeah, because they threw him down into the snake pit. So it was him going down into the Well of Souls. Right. But yeah, that classic in that classic half like pencil illustrated, half really realistic painted mm-hmm. style that has a little like um oh, I pastels paints. Yeah, this was I was a big fan of um movie serials too. I used to watch them every Saturday on PBS. So you know, by by this point I was figuring out, oh my god, this is like this is a movie serial but it's it's modern you know and it's and it's got it's got Harrison Ford you know yeah that's basically my origin I I I expected I went in expecting nothing (laughs) I'm trying for the life of me to remember when I first saw this I want to say it was at the Black River Drive-In, but I'm not entirely sure because exactly like you, I was horribly disappointed when I found out that Spielberg's next project was going to be, you know, this thing that was set on Earth, you know, in the in the the 30s. And it was about an archaeologist. And I was just like, 
I don't give a crap about any of that stuff. You know, I wanted him to do another space thing. You know, I wanted not to I wanted... interrupt you, but nobody notices the giant vajayjay on this statue. <laughs> She's squeezing out <laughs> a baby out of a giant vajayjay. I love it. Nobody ever mentions that. I, I, I wish I hadn't noticed that now. <laughs> she's spread, when you look in the behind, she's got her hands on her behind, spreading her cheeks. Right. This is just it's so always, brilliant. It is. But it's always bugged me that it always seemed very, very, very obvious to me that there's no way that that bag weighed as much as that, that statue. You can just look at that little statuette and tell that it has some heft to it. You know, if it's solid gold, like it's like you would assume it is, so, a solid gold block that big would weigh like 15, 20 pounds, something like that. That, that see, that toss was actually a hollow. It's it's hollow, but if that was solid gold, that thing would be really heavy. Gold is a dense metal. It's quite the leap. Yes. <laughs> But that's what this whole movie is. Everything is impossible in this movie. Everything's just impossible and ridiculous. And But I tell you what though, that's true. But at the same rate, it I, feels I've real. Been, I've just been watching a movie and, and I'm enjoying it, so I don't want to sound like I'm I'm ripping on the movie, but I've been watching The Phantom. Um, which several people have suggested to me recently. And I'm enjoying it very much, and I see a lot of nods to to this to raiders most definitely but that movie is it's the it's flat out ridiculous but it's fun whereas this i buy the ridiculous oh yeah it's no no very very well you know in any other movie by any other director who's less skilled something like this scene we're watching now with the giant boulder would just come off as i mean you'd laugh and go god that's stupid this but is also it's the first so well in this whereas something like the phantom and eh, not so much but i'm you know it's still fun um but anyway you know so I, I didn't have any interest in this and then what didn't help at all was then the uh the comic adaptation came out by marvel comics and i feel so funny saying this because right before you and i got started uh, recording, I was flipping through that. I hadn't looked at that adaptation in probably, you know, 20 plus years. I only remembered it being just horrible because I didn't like it when I was a kid. What's funny is just looking at it tonight, I've completely changed my opinion. I, I actually think that the art is very well done and, you know, very skillful. But at the time as a kid, I just wasn't a fan of, of that particular artist or that particular art style. So not liking it, thinking it was very sketchy and very rushed looking and just not at all appealing to me. Plus the subject matter, again, at the time didn't appeal to me at all. I just I had no interest whatsoever. And I can't now remember what it was that changed my opinion. It may have been I could be misremembering this with Tron because I know this was definitely the, play, the the situation with Tron was that, again, that was a movie I, I kind of just dismissed. And then Michelle saw it and talked it up so much that I, it, made, it made me actually want to see it. I think that may have been the same case with this movie. I think that she may have seen this and was like, no, you would love this movie. You've got to see it. So then mm -hmm. when it came back the next year, I think it was the very next year, at the Black River Drive-In. Was that the boom, Mike? 
Shoot, now I wish I could re rewind. We can't it. rewind it. I didn't I see know. It I just that's the first time I've ever but spotted something the, the, up in the corner up there in this. But yeah, I think I just saw the boom mic. That's weird. The Spielberg touches of this of like, you know, when you see that long shot of him running and the dust coming off his jacket. Yeah. That's the stuff that most directors just don't think of. Yeah. You know, and that's why it's stuff like maybe I haven't seen The Phantom yet, but the stuff that came after this you know they that they they would get the coarse ideas of it, but they wouldn't. It's those little details See, that make the Spielberg stuff more realistic and and add the personality to it. You know, what I worry is that as this movie ages, that it's gonna start to suffer like like I don't even know what you would call the syndrome. I would call it psycho syndrome, because by the time I finally saw the original Alfred Hitchcock psycho it had been imitated to a point where it packed absolutely no punch for me whatsoever it, oh. it just, it, you know it's like a it's like that old joke about the guy who goes to see what is it Hamlet or something and walks out going well that was nothing but a bunch of cliches right he, right you know, it was a string of cliches all put together, not realizing he'd just seen the original thing, you know, that that all of this other stuff was derived from. I see Raiders much the same way as it ages and continues to constantly be imitated by other movies that that can't do it as well, that it kind of dilutes it a little bit, because I even nope. suffer that now when I watch it. Sometimes it, it feels like, you know, I, I don't think so. I mean, and coming up right here is going to be the perfect illustration of why why that is is you know you had that shot of all the girls just like look at them all they all love him they they, they really i mean it's just great directing but Yet it's, um, it's the guy that leaves him the apple yes <laughs> well the guys you know the guy the, well no the guy knows that that he has no other way of kissing up to professor jones all those all those girls you know they have a way of and in the book, he's dating this girl, the I love you, the I love you. I oh, la really? Yeah. In the book, he's he's like and uh, you can see when they later on in his apartment, that's why he's got the champagne chilling in his apartment, because he was supposed to be meeting with her. And then Marcus uh, totally like was like, no, you're going on an adventure. So I he's, really he's not above to. dorking his students. And neither would I be. <laughs> I really need to reread the original book because I remember it has a character in there that's very similar to um oh what's what's the what's his uh Asian friend that gets killed right at the beginning of Temple of Doom? I can't remember his name. I can't remember his name either. But there's a character in the book in Raiders who's very similar to that character. And the and initially when I was watching Temple of Doom in the theater for the very first time, I kind of thought it might be that character. And of course, he gets killed, and that's a prequel, so it can't be the same character. But I just thought it was right. interesting, you know. But uh, this the, when I was watching this movie, this part, this is this is this was my dad, and this is like, this is what I'm turning into now. <laughs> you know, see, so he's pulling out the piece of cloth and opening it up, and gra like the other night, my roommate came home and he's like my friend got this thing he wants to know what it is he, he he stole it from a witch it's a it's a magic wand you know and i'm like what and he brings it in my room and you know i get out my little loop and i'm like well it's old you can tell by the finish and i'm like i think this is a child's cane <laughs> 
for you know and and start doing some research on it i mean it's porkins this, yes it is porkins this i i mean you know my dad didn't dress anything like indiana jones or stuff but like like the and the you know the whole dorkiness student thing it was it all just like he was you know indiana jones was a perfect hero for me at that point in my life you know it was mm-hmm. and he's hot you know and he's got the han solo reputation too coming into it so like by this point in the movie i was just like so enamored of this so sucked into this movie seeing this movie was almost like seeing star wars to me it was such in such close proximity it's it's hard to you know star wars had the bigger impact on me but both of the these two movies in quick succession were just what cemented my fascination with cinema and how how you may put a story on the screen you know i, I think agree this, with you completely this yeah. movie is you know star wars was sort of like catching lightning in a bottle and it was this magic thing that like just happened to work and was you know the beatles or something this is just a this isn't in reinventing the wheel as much as just sort of speeding up the wheel right <laughs> and driving it faster but it's this is just like a really great example of filmmaking of the combination of sound in a traditional sort of story of sound and and you know and visual and the fantastic and the realistic put together and you know how it works it's 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 you know like the works of of not to bring up Psycho again, but Hitchcock and you know all the, all the great filmmakers, you know, are, are the, not necessarily the great like artistic filmmakers, but the ones who make the great pop, culture movies, you know the, the Frank Capras and stuff like that. This is right, right in that in that mold. One thing that uh, has always struck me about this particular scene and a little bit of the prior scene as well but especially this scene that i've never heard anyone else say and i've never heard it compared to but i think you're getting just a little bit of the of the classic comic book exposition um, well not no not so much that is you are yes but no what i'm going for is I, what I like in this, and I don't know that it's ever done again in the other movies, you know, the the sequels and prequels, but I like this here that Indy, when he's in his indie garb, he's what you think of as Indiana Jones. He's the action hero. You know, he's the hard drinking, two fisted, you know, whip wielding, you know, gun shooting Indiana Jones. When he's Professor Jones. He's yes. got a little bit of the the nerdy bookish Clark Kent to him. Well, I think and it was I think necessary the... in this to start it out like that. Well, actually, it doesn't start. It's 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 a great juxtaposition of where you see him first, and now you see him here. Right, but right, it, exactly. It, por- it portrays him as you see. That's that's what I like about the character of Indiana Jones, and like my father. What I liked about my father was. It, it, the the mixture of intellect and being able to be of action and 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 decision you know so when he's here teaching at the college he's he's sort of a renaissance man that 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 you know i mean people are there aren't really people like the character of indiana jones he's a character 
but you know he's that combination of intellect and and you know action so when when Goes it, you right know, to he, the page he'll, yeah he'll 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 kill somebody and you know they don't know that this guy'll shoot someone in cold blood <laughs> you know these guys sitting here and none of his students do and he's probably really mellow like with his with his girlfriends and stuff and you know maybe kind of bookish but um yeah you know he's he's there's a lot the, of dimension uh, to the there's a lot of dimension to a character that you don't need a lot of dimension to you know the and other that's what's made him iconic the other agent right there he looks familiar to me every time i watch this what do we know him from mm. he's not the boss i'll bet you they tell you in from... the jamie benning oh yeah sure <laughs> But, I mean, he's not the boss from Poltergeist, is he? Because that guy looks oh, geez, heavier, but then there's several years between the two movies, right. too. So, do you know if it's the same guy? Oh, I have no idea. I can't picture the boss from Poltergeist in my head right now, to tell you the truth. I could be wrong, but I don't think we see Indy's place again until uh, Crystal Skull, do we? And it may not even be the same place, I don't remember. Is it? Is it not in... I guess it's not in... Um... Temple yeah, of Doom, I mean, he's already overseas, and, and then in Last Crusade, he's on the boat. Um, it's he's a on the boat, and he's the in the he's he's back at school, and then he gets recruited by Donovan, and he's off on his adventure. So he never goes home. Now, he now goes tell, to his dad's place, but he doesn't go to his own place. Tell me that that apartment isn't like the '30s style version of like my dad, like oh, yeah. the way my dad had our house, like our house was. The last time I was at your dad's place. Um, yeah, it, it would. It reminded me a lot of this, a lot of this. Yeah, it's just like it's just like stuff from the travels, set set around, kind of disheveled because he's not like he does. You know, he doesn't live there that much. Look, he's got a burnt candle from when he's having sex with with his students. <laughs> I swear to God, that's what that is. He has a burnt candle in the bedroom. You know, it, it, it's it's. It's those little, um, you know, ideas of set design. You know, every painting that's on, everything on his wall has been picked out and right. specifically put there. You know, from a you know from, and you know Spielberg does that stuff. He's got that that statue of the head back there's got a back backstory to it. You know, I'll tell you right now. In, in in the infancy of the internet, at least you know, in the infancy of my experience with the internet and, and discovering certain sites and certain file sharing things and all that, I, I don't, I don't think there were there were very many happier geeked out moments for me ever than when I downloaded my my first full score bootleg for this movie because all that had ever been available up to that time was the record that you and I had. You had it first. You had it for years. I just thought when when my dad died, when I went to his house in a file cabinet was that record. It was great. I left it. Oh yeah, it was great, but short. it It was short. It was only one album and it should have been two because this movie has music almost the entire way through it and this is a phenomenal john williams score Mm -hmm. one of his very very best and i think 
honestly, one of the things that kept me watching and rewatching and rewatching and rewatching this movie as many times as I've seen it was because the score wasn't available and I loved the music in this so much. I sometimes I just wanted to watch it just for the music again, mm-hmm. you know? It's it's such a well-scored movie. I could literally like Star Wars, you know, watch this every day. I really could. I mean, it's just it's I uh, maybe it would maybe the flood of memories that comes with it would dull over time, but I mean, it it's literally this movie is just perfection. It's from the lighting in here, you know, now now we've now that we've gotten in here, we've got this like red, you know, lighting from a it's it's classic Hollywood lighting, but it's got the hints of a fire, you know, a fi- lit by a fireplace in a, you know, it feels like a lodge in I'm guessing Tibet or you know, someplace like right. Tibet. The the people look Tibetan. It reminds yeah, me of Tibet. when we went yeah. when when we went on uh, on that ride in Dis- Disney World, uh-huh. my favorite ride of all of them, just for the the set around it. And well, it's funny you mention that because the guy something... over his shoulder looks like Freddy Krueger, looks <laughs> like Richard Eglund. Something like this almost reminds me of some of the best theme park rides that you'll go on, where you know, a lot of attention was put into the set design and everything Yes. to a point that you can literally watch a movie like this hundreds of times yet continue to catch something new every single time you watch it. And, and that's, you know, I I love that. I, I think that's a real testament to, you know, not just Spielberg in his direction style, but also, you know, the, the art directors, the set direct, you know, the set designers, everything, you know, that they put so much detail and authenticity into this that you, you can just watch it over and over. I've always liked this where, you know, with the shadow over her shoulder, that's. And then it cuts and he, it's a somber, it's like, boom, Indiana. And it cuts to him and he's got that wise ass smile on his face, you know, (laughs) which she knocks right off of him. Right. And he's just sort of like, eh, I guess I kind of deserve that. Now, what's funny, though, is you hear that when she punches him right there, that's the sound of like a sledgehammer on a side of beef, <laughs> yes. you know? Yes, that's and a as awesome in. As Star Wars was for me, and, and a big influence as that was for, for us, you know, with with lightsabers and blasters and and learning where the sounds came from, I really tribute uh, attribute rather this movie for really beginning my my full f- uh, fledged fascination with Ben Burt and sound design. It's funny that you say this because this sequence in particular, I think on the on the on the um. Rating the Lost Stark, he has Ben Burt talking about this sequence was like one of the most intensely sound designed scenes of the whole movie. And there, when when the gunfight breaks out in here, is just you know a masterpiece of sound design. And and then when you hear it in stereo, 
Right. You start noticing, oh, my God, you know, the, the bullets actually, you know, the bullets are coming from the side of the screen. That's sort of given these days. This but in was those one days, of, yeah, this was one of the very first surround sound movies before mm-hmm. there was really surround sound before that term was even really in the in the popular lexicon, you know, and, and they didn't use it as a novelty. It was so no, it was part of the movie. It was so seamless and so, you know, Ben Burt. Ben Burt and the, you know, maybe being podcasters now that we're so, you know, I mean, I used to work as camera more, but which had sound involved in it. I always like the sad look on his face right here. I always like that. You you realize, you know, how much of a movie is made by the sound design oh, and, abs- the music yeah. and the music, yeah. the soundtrack, you know, and you, yeah. and you start to understand the heroes that Ben Burt and John Williams are, you Absolutely. know, for, you know, and, and how, how they were so integral to bringing these movies together. And they're like the invisible people on it for the most part, for the average moviegoer, you know, it's this, this movie, when all the success is hung on this movie, it's hung on Spielberg, Lucas, you know, Harrison Ford, you know, I would dare say that there's not another movie save for the empire strikes back that was a more perfect shining example of if you took either of those gentlemen out of the equation, it would completely change those movies. I I think this one, and and it's funny because they're back to back, you know, you've got empire and then you've got Raiders and they're so very closely connected, you know? And I think both of them, there's steam coming off that guy's hat in the background. It's, It's just awesome. I'm starting to realize that this guy wasn't the same guy that was on the plane with Indy. I always thought that yeah, it he was, was. It was, that him. was his yeah, glasses was are different. His his glasses are different are they in really? the scene than they were in on the plane. Because I saw it on the plane, I'm like, yeah, that guy doesn't have the round glasses. And I always, I was thinking maybe it might just be a different spy that they had on him. But man, what that guy's name Tote. Tote or Toth, something Toth. like that. Toth, 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 something. I have an action figure of him somewhere. <laughs> I've got the indie from the... There was an original set of Raiders of the Lost Ark action figures. And yeah. they were hard as hell to find, and they're worth a ton of money today. And I've got indie. I've got this guy, Tote, Toth, whatever his name is. I've got the Arab Swordsman and, like, one or two other guys, I think. God, Never, we need our time machine, man. Yeah, I always wanted like the sets because they had like a Well of the Soul Mm -hmm. set. Different. I never got any of that. I couldn't find them. They They, were so rare. They were. They didn't sell like Star Wars. No. You know this movie. This movie was. This movie was. This movie's. You know, was pretty adult and violent. This was. This was. You know, it's so funny when um, Temple of Doom came out and they got all outraged. They're like, "What is this making this?" children's film indiana jones into this violent spectacle well t- right. i'll tell you what indiana jo- you know raiders of lost ark wasn't a children's film so you know Ra- uh, uh, um temple of doom doesn't really it, it, there's some pretty nasty vi- i mean this is even though nothing ha- becomes of that hot poker in her face that's some pretty intense stuff that comes back to that always reminds me when i see the poker in the eye I think of the old 
you know, like how co old comics are worth more when they have like a needle. Seduction of the in innocent yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, what absolutely. I always saw that as a, uh, as a um, tribute to was the old, you know, threat to the eye covers that were supposedly worse than any other kind of threat. It took me a long time watching this movie and getting over the fact that that record that I love so much, I can't remember what the name of it was. Uh, that's but a headshot. Yeah. It was a black album that had a picture, like a Raiders poster style cover that I've never seen anywhere else. And it was it folded out like it should be a double album, but there was only actually one record in it. But it was... It was like one of those story of records that we used to like so much, except there was no narrator and it was yes. produced by, by Ben Burr. And it was done as if almost like listening to a radio drama. But again, it was, it was just the movie no voiceover with no yes. voiceover. And it was abbreviated of course. And so it took me a long time to be able to, to watch the movie and not, expect it to flow the same way as the record because i listened to that to death because again it was one of the first things you could listen to and and really appreciate wow the the sound design in this because one of the things that That's always all used you to, had to go on with that oh record. yeah absolutely but one of the things that used to impress me so much like the part where indie you know where where satipo leaves him behind and indie jumps the chasm and that door is closing, you know, and Indy has to slide under that door. You could hear the grit yes. in the gears as the door was like sliding. It was just, I mean, I remember listening to that going, how, how can you do that? And, and I, I know what that sound is and you could feel it. You know, it was just great. That's a wonderful shot where you hear the, the gunshot and he just looks, he, his hands immediately fly to where the bullet would have passed through him. Right. That's a beautiful, beautiful shot. Um, that record, I you had that record for, uh, I remember listening to it at your house, and I always wanted that record. It was, it was, like you said, it was hard as hell to find. I don't know how you got it. You were lucky to find one copy of it somewhere in a Woolworths or something. Yep. And, uh, and uh, I've told this on the air, on the show before, but it was a long time ago. But I was at a garage sale a couple years back, and uh, um, I had um, gotten there, and there was this dick who had been haunting every garage sale, and he was hunting down records, and for he was opening a record store, and he was just very aggressive, and. Uh, and I love it. And the and once again, the movie t changes tone all over again. Oh, we're in a new location. It's just that's a beautiful shot. Mm -hmm. And 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 uh, not to bring up the Jamie Benning thing, but they had to scrub. They had to go through and take every aerial down from every house to make that <laughs> look like it was back in that day. But um, so we get to the garage sale, and I was talking to the lady, and I was just about to get into the records, and the guy shoved ahead of me. Flips through the records real fast, pulls out that record. Oh. And he goes, how much of the record? She's like, a dollar a piece. And I can see his eyes go, ching, 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 ching. And um, 
He's like, yeah, record store, blah, blah, blah. That looked like and, a radio tower in the background right there. I guess they could have had radio towers back then, right? Yeah, so, that's true. So um, he's, he's, he's flipping through the records, and I, and I go, a dollar for that Raiders record? I'll give you 10 for it. And the guy's like, uh, I, uh, I, uh, I, I, I kind of had it. And I'm like, e have you bought it yet? <laughs> it, it, well, I said, I'll, I'll give you 10 bucks for it. And he's like, oh, well, maybe. And I'm like, no, not you, her. <laughs> it's her record. And he's like, oh, and I'm like, yeah, you haven't bought it yet. What do you say, lady? And she's like, okay. And he didn't want to outbid me. And he was just like, Rrr. and I'm like, took the record and I knew that it was probably not worth much more than 10 bucks I might have even paid 20 for it I might have been a real jerk and been like I'll give you 20 bucks so I knew he wouldn't like outbid for it. he was pissed and she's like why did you do that and I'm like because he's been jerking around every every garage sale and like throwing himself over the records before anybody he he literally shoved by me to get into the records before I could look at him and I'm like and I always wanted this record and I wasn't gonna let him walk away with it. And I'd rather, and I'd rather instead of him trying to get all your records out of you for a dollar, and 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 try to sell them at a huge profit, I'd rather you just got <laughs> the money for the record. And right. I got the, and I got the record. And she's like, Oh, okay. <laughs> and I'm like, Yeah, no, no problem. It's worth twenty dollars to me because it is awesome. And uh, I've actually I've made a. Uh, audio rip of it so i should put that up sometime yeah it's just it's so you, awesome that's cool i'm glad that you got it because that is, that really is a great record it's one of the it's holy awesome. grails of like vinyl that i've always wanted you know it's just like this looks like my friend that guy looks like my friend vargas pike <laughs> he does <laughs> with the eye except he's got the eye patch on the the wrong eye <laughs> awesome awesome see that's that. that's why raiders stands up the test of time those little those little touches you know the and and it always reminds me of the, the version the kid shot shot for shot where they have the dog instead of the monkey they have a little toy dog that they carry around I've on their never shoulder. Seen, I've, yeah i need to watch that one of these days it's a I lot of fun like, shot here where the guy walks back in and just nods and that's a tough. That's a tough shot too, because it was a dolly back from full daylight into a room. That's why it's so right. dark in that room. It's so hard to do that. There's a shot in, in not to change the subject, but in uh, Reservoir Dogs, it does that. That goes from an inside of a warehouse to full sunlight, and I don't know how the hell they did it without without having the light blow out. This was this was always one of my favorite parts of the movie. This was always when 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 the soundtrack was just an album version. This was one of my favorite cuts on the. I remember you you always did like this. So this is actually one of my least favorite. I don't know really? why. It's yeah. I, I, I've never quite figured out. It's it's a little too comedic for me. I think I, I'm not sure, but I like the scene itself. I like always like this where he pushes her head down to smash that guy, and then she's just got this stunned look on her face. Now, when the I was thrilled when the VHS of this finally came out, because you could pause and go Another frame horrible frame, death. and right here, 
do you know the hours I spent trying to learn how to do that? I still, to this day, as good as I got with my whip, do I two could whips never in a row. The, well, I could never do the overhand. Right. When well, I you, would, you would whip, do a whip to the whip, right like, and left. Well, you know, to the side, like you, you know, you, you ever take a, a wet towel yeah. and it up and snap somebody in the ass? Yeah. That's, that's how I worked with my whip. I couldn't, I could never get the hang of actually doing the overhead whip. I, I just couldn't do it. I, I, I always had this fear I was going to hit myself in the face, which I did a million times. And so I never could do that. But I studied that frame per frame a zillion times trying to figure out, you know, how how is he doing that, you know? But of course he had, you know, professional you Yeah, know, where do you get where do you get whip training in, yeah, in, exactly. in yeah in Feltz Mills, New York, you know, for There was a guy at Megacon because I was just at a Megacon this year, you know, 2012, just a, a couple of days ago, actually, dressed as Indiana Jones. He didn't really look like him, you know, a, a, as far as looking like Harrison Ford, but he had the outfit nailed. And he had that exact type of whip, and I deeply regret that I didn't strike, strike up a conversation with him to find out where he got that from. Because I always wanted one that was exactly like the one that Indy's got. That's a great scene. You had what you were pretty close. You're well. Indy has a that's an expensive whip. Yeah, it is. Look, you can see how it's 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 like a snake. You yeah. can tell the leather is is tight and it's smooth and it probably feels like a snake. You know, those it, are the ex really expensive ones. Yeah. But you had you had the real six. What was it? A six footer, and. You know, it was it was just coarser. That's all. The leather was I've just. Noticed you know, that cat before. That looks like my cat. The one that he almost ran over. I like this where he comes right in the camera. That's pretty yes. cool. But That's... yeah, you know, the ones I always got though were they were nice. I mean, they worked. They were real whips, but at the same rate, they were. You know, they were things I picked up at like state fairs and stuff. Because again, right. you. Know, in this day of an age of the internet, you probably could just go to some website, you know, www.whips.com or some damn thing. Yes. But back when we were kids, I mean, you didn't, I mean, where would you go and find? You would have had to gone to the library. You would have had to write letters probably right. and, you know, find where they made the whips and write a letter to a company. You would have had to do things in the way like my dad does things. Who did things in those days, you know, you had to do research. <laughs> you had to pour through something. I love that musical cue there. Yeah. headshot. Yeah. Oh, there's so so many just awful deaths. You can see the pole sticking I out know. through the bottom of it. I know. That's that's one of those examples. I of saw that the first being time able I saw. See something. You know, ever since I saw that, I've every time I watch this now, I can't unsee it. The pole that you could, and now that I watch it, I see up at where they have that little grade there. That was to help it flip over too. But I love, I love the scene where he's just hanging out with the monkey and drowning his sorrows. This is where you first start to get to see the pissed indie character. Mm -hmm. <laughs> When he's, you know, d doing his slow burn, he's really getting pissed now. <laughs> Fargus Pike. What's that doing? They're attacking that bomb that's using a chicken. 
It's great. Harrison Ford also. It's one also. of the first movies I can remember where it didn't feel the need to translate the the non-English parts. And yes. I liked that. I liked It adds to the realism. Out, of yeah, it does. I, I liked trying to figure out what, you know, what were that, they saying. That was an awesome thing, too, with the monkey grabbing his ear and him just going, Ur, you know that wasn't planned. That couldn't have been planned. It's just awesome. The, the actor perfect and i mean harrison ford is just such a great actor there's just a little bit of whiskey in him you can see it in everything he doesn't say it says in this it's just he's not drunk but he's feeling it and uh he's a little blunt <laughs> too a little alcohol bluntness it's just great acting i like uh something i read about this when i was a kid has always stuck with me how this scene is i'm trying to remember how it was worded it was something like the beer swilling hero and the champagne villain and that's always stuck with me i i think that's a very cool dynamic here that the hero's not the guy in the white hat he's not the the squeaky clean smooth superhero spoken. yeah smooth he's not smooth he's rough as hell and it's the villain who's suave and debonair that's mm -hmm. cool you know Yes, and yeah, it's uh, I I I love it though. It's 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 a it's a form of uh, you see, Indiana Jones to me represents American pragmatism. He's just such. A, it, it was really funny because you're getting nasty. I always like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I like that he is fully prepared here in a moment to just pull out his gun and shoot him point blank. I. I <laughs> well at this point he's given up he's like marion's dead i fucked up this whole thing i'm drunk i might as well you know but that's indiana jones too he you know and their last one as soon as he held up the idol and the and the uh natives bowed he was just like screw it and he ran off you know he does not hesitate to make his move when he makes his move but he's not impulsive about it you know i mean he lucks out of this situation, but you know that it's that that combination of I love that this that reminds that reminds me of the scene where he's gonna where in witness where he punches the guy who puts the yeah. ice cream on his nose. Look at that look on his face. He's just like, oh yeah. <laughs> You're lucky. The, it's it's funny that uh, both uh, he's lucky the kids show up, but he gave him a look of just like yeah, you're lucky these kids showed up, or I would have. I like that the Arabs are laughing yes. at Belloc. Basically, they they find the humor in the situation. I think that's well, great. yeah, they're just like hey, we just got paid by you know. Basically, I think you know the general the general feel that you're supposed to get from this is everybody hates the nazis <laughs> you know the nazis could come in and pay a bunch of these guys to do stuff but they all hate them anyway and and are not really you know have any loyalty to them the the, the nazis are just completely a shunned you know and although i imagine just in general white people <laughs> are probably laughed at too and in the marketplace here, but I always, I always love this. Part. Yeah. 
that part where he's putting the kids back into the truck, it always sounds to me like that one little girl is going, that was neat. That was neat. And I wonder if that was really what she was saying and Spielberg just left it in. Mm -hmm. I could, I could totally see that. I love this. It totally gives, I, I would love to live in this house. This scene just gives a total feel for look at their, their dirty old sink. I love it. Every time I've ever watched this part, Oh, look, at there's been, a box of Rinso in the background. Rinso I have been trying to stuff. figure out why this guy right here always jumped out at me. And I think it finally hit me. He looks like the little dwarf that's dressed like Robin Hood or something that's trying to assassinate Clouseau in that one Pink Panther movie. <laughs> you know the one I'm talking about? Yes. He ends up taking like a poison dart in the back or something. Yes. Uh, we should do some Pink Panther movies sometime. I oh, wouldn't mind doing like a shot in the dark, but some of the like Pink Panther Returns, is it Return Return of the Pink Panther and stuff like that? There's there's basically there's three good ones. There's yeah. sh- a shot in the dark, um, Return and Reve- Strikes Revenge. Again. Strikes Revenge, again. Revenge is the is the last Peter Sellers one. I don't think I don't like that one as yeah, much. I was, mean, it's not bad, but it's it. It was the one that was half completed, and they had to sort of. Dil- the, no, no, that one, no, that was a full. But it, it just, it was. I don't know. I mean, maybe I'd feel differently seeing it again. I haven't seen it in a long, long time. It just doesn't hold up as well as the others. It's right. A, it's a little too over the top. But uh, and especially strikes again in uh, in return are just hilarious. Hilarious, yeah. I let's just. What a great actor. The look on his face. And just as it's revealed, the wind kicks up. I love that. Because there's, there's little moments in this that are almost like, I don't know, it's almost like something mystical happens. Well, it is. Like, it... As they get closer to the thing, it's like more and more like like God's wrath is being Well, yeah. And, well, and... that totally works in this case because, yeah, it's, it's the Ark of the Covenant, you know? So... Right. And yeah, there's there's that total um, total um, line of fate running through it, you know. Great line coming up. <laughs> and and just and the way he splooches the date up through his hand and stuff, just fantastic. And this 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 part always got me too as a kid because my I always wanted to work, I always wanted to work on an archaeology. The logical dig. I it would be awesome. I'm wondering, you know, much like there are our real life engineers that got their inspiration from like Scotty on Star Trek. I'm wondering how many real life oh. archaeologists there are in the world today. There's got to be a lot got, of them. Because I'm telling you, dude. At one time, I seriously considered going into archaeology. You know, because of this, I was just fascinated by. It's a lot of school, this... actually. You, oh like, yeah. You you have to you you have to like it's a it's a hard. I mean, you have to do a lot of school, and then you end up like while you're in school and when you're out of school doing a lot of free work. You know, the one. Here's another look. That's an electric fence there. It's got electric fence. Insul- I love it. It's all, there's so many neat little details to this. I always like the sound right here when he drops the staff. I always thought this was cool. 
<laughs> I just love that sound. But, you know, probably the subject I hated the most in school was history. And I think this was the first time I ever realized that, wow, history can be really cool. Awesome. You know, that, that it can be really, you know, that there's, that there's these... Well, let's remember our history teachers in school. Oh, yeah, exactly. They 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 totally lacked the ability to make history come alive. And again, that's another thing I really really like about a good Indiana Jones story, is that it it totally has the ability to make history come to life. And especially something like this that's that's twinged with the occult. I I'm fascinated by that. I think that's really neat. And did, did you notice on the floor there, there was a string coming down where they tied a string to try to figure out where, you know, where to go and just left it there after they figured it out. They just left the right. string sitting there. See it? You can see it sort of draped over the, the, the building ahead of him. It's just I didn't awesome. see it, but I'm gonna keep a. I'll keep a watch for yeah, it. Yeah, it's it's not in this shot, but it's just out. You can sort of actually right now sort of see in the upper right hand corner. There's a little piece of cloth laying there, and that's like that. That's a cloth that they the Germans had stretched to find their digging point. And you know he didn't have to put that in there, but he did. He probably probably all the footprints in here. They probably pretended to do what the Germans would do to get all the footprints looking. I love stuff. I just love this shit. Yeah, our we only had decent. It seems like decent English teachers in our school. We didn't have any good social studies, history teachers. None of them ever put when you. Uh... It's, it's not just bringing it to life. It's putting it into context too. You know why? Why it's important and why you should care. You know. When you were down here, did we go on the uh, the backlot tour over at the studios? No. No, we we'll didn't. have to do that next time you come down because um, I'm trying to remember. I know that there's vehicles there from Last Crusade. I'm trying to remember if there's any from Raiders, and I want to say that there may be some from Raiders, either this on is... the backlot tour or around the actual like stunt show area. I think some of those vehicles are authentic from, from the, the indie set? movies. Ooh. Yeah, this, I think this so. Music in this part oh, is yeah. is. is... This is right up there with Binary Sunset to me. I was just going to say that exact thing. Oh, my God. That's well, freaky, it's the man. Same, totally it's the same. Yeah. It, they're very similar pieces of music. They're, have, they're have light music. The unused version of Binary Sunset? Yes. Yes, it's I actually have it on my iPod. Yeah. Man, you totally said exactly what I was thinking at that moment. That's well, it's, freaky. It's funny. They're both... They're both pieces of music involving the sun mm -hmm. now that i think of it yeah how <laughs> <laughs> hitler <laughs> this is me in my garage literally with a notebook going okay what's this scribble it down do some research although um, it's a good idea for him to break the stick in half like that 
but they could still, you know, you should take one part yeah. of the stick. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. they can still figure out how long it was. Yeah, break it in threes and then stuff part of it in your pants or something. Yeah. Take it with you so they don't know exactly. So they have no idea. Yeah. But at the same time, they don't know that they're wrong at this at, the, at that point either. Yeah, all the... Uh, I mean... I like that little spin around he does right there. Just pure acting with just the eyes. And when I was a kid, I didn't think it was very rude that he leaves her behind. But now I'm just like, holy shit, man. What a dick. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't rescue you now. I mean, he's totally he's right. Got a point. Yeah. He's totally right. But it's like Lando, you know, Lando didn't have a choice either. And sort of had to do a hard decision like that, too. But you still get kind of pissed at him. <laughs> you know, what's weird is that, you know, obviously this is the same actor right around the same age and everything. But I look at Indy in this and Han Solo in Empire, and they just, they really do look like two completely different people to me. I, it's, you know what I mean? And they are two completely different people. That's the magic of a good actor. <laughs> They're two different people. But I mean, now, they shouldn't look that dissimilar. You know what I mean? And they really do to me. It's, it's Harrison. It's the, he, he, you know, when he becomes a different, it would, it would be like if somebody took over your body and, right and went home and your family would immediately be like that's not dad you know <laughs> they'd be like there's right. something wrong going on here he's he's he has a whole different vocabulary of body language and and vocal tics and you know uh, although it also has a lot of that it also has the harrison ford bleeding through that's the success of people like harrison ford and and Jack Nicholson and the iconic actors and the Robert right. Redfords and stuff where you're like, okay, you know, I know this person is Harrison Ford, but that's the magic of it is they can take Harrison Ford and put enough Indiana Jones in it to where you're, it's Indiana Jones and to the point of where, you know, that Indiana Jones and Han Solo, you know, Harrison Ford is walking around and Indiana Jones and Han Solo have taken on huge lives of their own, you know, and uh, that doesn't happen often with care. Usually, usually actors will have one character that's like that, you know, that that sort of it's is their iconic. <laughs> that's got to hurt so bad. <laughs> And Spielberg's hate for the Nazi always flows through too. He always portrays them as being kind of perverse, and you know that guy's enjoying holding up his burnt-up Heil Hitler hand <laughs> for everybody to see. You know, he knows it just makes him look more like a more creepy and and threatening. Coming up here is one of my all-time favorite movie scenes ever, like cinematography-wise. Oh, just yeah, with the sunset. The sunset scene in this is just one of the most beautifully beautifully filmed scenes. Every time I see this, it puts me right, my ass right back in the movie theater and just, you know. Yeah, and that's there, when gorgeous. He puts his hat, when he puts his hat on, it's just... 
awesome. He's, <laughs> he's, he's else is digging. Except they're him. all working, but he's thinking. He's thinking. He's he's like, all right, you know, where do we go from here? See again, right here. You know, they're getting a step closer, and look at that sky. Yeah, and he even got... he's noticing it now. I just love that. Well, I like how I like how Indy takes the supernatural elements in stride. He's a scientist. Right. But he take well, by this point actually he's lived through Temple of Doom, so <laughs> Right. So he I'm sure he's he's you know, but he never but he never really articulates it. He never goes, you know, well, you know, we we, we could we could be angering God by doing this or the not you know, whatever. He doesn't well, that, he, you know, that is one element of Crystal Skull that I don't think that uh I ever heard proper credit given was by the time of Crystal Skull that they had kind of abandoned that whole ah this is all just bullshit type of thing because by that time in He'd the adventures so much yeah he had, yeah he had had to have lived and you know so they couldn't oh, by, by that time that... he'd met a, a person who was hundreds of years old who had the right. you know the Holy Grail you know I mean. It's funny that he never really became a Christian. It doesn't seem like <laughs> he started going. If if I you know I'm an atheist, and if I if I lived through finding the Ark of the Covenant and and it was full of souls and the wrath of God, I might become a that might be like the kind of evidence that I need provided to me to believe in you know to believe in that stuff. It's funny you can see some of the fake snakes in here, but when the, now, if I recall, you're not a big fan of snakes either. I hate snakes. <laughs> so that might have been another, another uh, reason that you you took to this movie too. Yeah, I, I I feel his pain in this part, but this this is also one of these parts where i'm like you know this this is this to me this scene of him going down there is very similar to like you know the young pretty girl all alone in the house goes down into the dark basement knowing damn well there's a killer in the house it's like no no nobody does that you know so if he has a, a snake phobia I just don't see him going down there with 10 gazillion snakes, you know. Oh, I, but, but that's what that whole scene was, was him laying there going, I don't want to go down there, but goddamn, I have to go down there. And he's just sitting there thinking, I got to fucking do it. I got to fucking do it. And uh, but, you know, the the thing the thing is, I, I would have at least been like, get me some leather leather pants or something, you know, right, or, yeah. and a nice pair of long boots. Let's Before let's go get some flame flamethrowers and come back tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get a, a gallon of gas and burn ourselves a nice uh, a nice. This is hilarious. It's like I have something for you. I have to admit I've lost my patience for this scene over the years. I, I this part with with these two I feel really slows this movie down badly. Although, I love the music for this on the soundtrack because it's just. It's quiet John Williams, which as much as I love his really, you know, raucous stuff, he's an expert with just mood music. And yes. this is some of the best mood music in the whole movie right here. <laughs> I do like that where he's watching her get undressed. I forgot her. about that. 
But I think that I, I, I like this scene because you find out that, like, you know, she's like, okay, I'm going to, you know, she's she's playing him right now. He knows he's, oh, yeah. he, he knows she's playing him on, on a level, but he's going to have her go along with it because he wants to see her in the dress and, and changing. And But what I wonder about is his, his motivations here. Does he want her because she's the only, you know, she's the only act in town? He's Does he French. want her? Dude, he's French. He's got a tied-up beautiful girl in his room. He's French. He's going to give her some alcohol and a nice outfit. I suspect that it's actually more of he's continuing to prove to Jones that there's nothing you can possess that I cannot take away. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's Indiana Jones girls. And, and yeah, yeah, for sure. I I totally agree with that. But what I like is she tries to outdrink him, and it's like, you don't outdrink a French guy. (laughs) I love it. <laughs> that look he did off to the side reminds me of Abbott and Costello meet the Wolfman. <laughs> just that look off to the side of less like, oh, Christ, come on, really? <laughs> he just has great facial expressions. I like this where he douses them in gasoline or kerosene or whatever it is. That's this keros- that's a kerosene can. I just sold one <laughs> I just sold one of those on eBay a little while ago. It didn't have the hose and the pump on it, but it was a kerosene can like that from that time period too. Whoosh. Just these nice camera moves, you know, and not to to cut back, but they're uh, oh they're drinking like the some sort of Jewish wine, like Manischewitzy wine. Look, it's got Jewish characters over it. I wonder if it has something to do with. I bet you it has. Uh, no, they may be Arabic char- characters. I was gonna say it might have something to do with the the whole Ark thing too, being Old Testament and all that. But like that scene way back in the basket chase part, where it, where he runs right up into the into the camera, and you see his eyes widen, and then the camera turns, and you see all the baskets. That stuff is, those are complicated, amazing, hard to pull off camera moves, and Spielberg's doing right. that constantly without you noticing it. He's not calling. Uh, what what I think happened to a lot of this stuff, and what why we've got what we've got today is is the people who were like I want to be a filmmaker and started thinking like filmmakers and wanted to copy this stuff would see those camera moves and stuff and would want to copy that instead of making them invisible they call attention to them they go look right. we're doing this neat we're doing a Spielbergy sort of of move here you know and Spielberg just does it to serve the story he's not like okay I got to have the camera moving here have you uh i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you it's it's done to draw you in and to give out information and to you know it's all done for a reason in this and that's why i think this will never get diluted you know from have you ever been able to spot the uh isn't it supposed to be i think it's r2 and 3po 
that are supposed to be in the hieroglyphics somewhere in the Well of the Souls. I've seen a picture of it somewhere. Like, I don't know if it was a picture from the set or if somebody had, like, freeze-framed it off a DVD, but I've never seen it um, watching the movie. I've never really tried to, like, pause it or anything. What's cool is that in the in the great movie ride, that's the scene that's recreated as the scene where um, Indy and Sala are lifting the Ark out of that little encasement that they just pulled the top off of. And in that room, as you're going through the ride, they have uh, Easter eggs and the hieroglyphics in there, too, which I thought was really cool. But I can find those in the ride. I still have never seen them in the act- in this actual in the movie. Actual movie. I- I'm kind of wondering if maybe you can't really see them, that it's one of those things where, you know, people know it's in there, but you, you can't really spot it in the film. It's- I'm not really sure. Well, I know there was a reference to C-3PO like on the side of the plane that he got right, in the yeah. beginning. You know, there was it was like I no, that was it, uh, that was to Close Encounters. Oh, it said C-E-3-K. Something like that. Uh, this is a this I love this. Another great Spielberg touch. <laughs> Such a great sleazy performance. It looks like a greasy He's toad. Crispy. Yeah, Spielberg hates them Nazis. <laughs> That's cool. All his friends must love Indy. They're just like, every time Indy shows up, I get to, like, lift the Ark of the Covenant. You know, I get to do these things that every, you know, biblical scholar and archaeologist in the world dreams of doing, you know. I wonder where that is today. I wonder if the one that was in Crystal Skull was the actual prop. I know. Recreate it. I know Lucas has a whole, you know is one of the few, you know, he realized that and say they save a lot of props and they have, they, you know, out in Lucasfilm Ranch, they do have, you know, warehouses full of the props and stuff. And this isn't a pro- like, the thing about a lot of the Star Wars, like costumes and the foam rubber stuff is that stuff's done, you know. it's They, they got it there, but I've got foam rubber stuff that's 20 years old. The stuff falls apart after a while, you know. It's not right. made... It's not made to last. It's made to look realistic for the shoot of the movie. So they have a lot of probably like Ewok suits and alien suits that are just, you know, crumbling right now. But the Ark of the Covenant, I would imagine, they just probably dusted that off for Crystal Skull, you know? I like how everybody just lays down and goes to sleep outside. (laughs) But that light, that light is pure morning you know morning light that and this movie has a feel now of just like these guys have been going for 24 hours you know right yeah it has that it, but you know this movie has that grueling fe- feel of an epic adventure you know that where it just never lets up for your hero 
there's a different cut of that line yes. on that album that you and I were just talking about. You're right. And I'll bet goes, you. Why don't you come on down? I'll show you. It's fantastic. He's much more light, light uh, in tone when he says it in, on that album. Yeah. And, and, and I'll bet you, because I know Jamie Benning is uh, always like finds the stuff in those in the, the different takes in those albums. I'll bet you that's in the rating The Lost Ark. He always he always finds the things that are different in the comics too, and puts those in there too, or or the parts of the comics that add something right. to it, and he'll he'll split it in there and say, you know, and they got it from the novelization. I like how I like how um, Belloc is just like you know he's still you know he has some empathy for her. he's like no. <laughs> Most of this movie, most of it, even the the craziest, mo most fantastical stuff, I you think you can is, see a little is, reflection of the glass oh yeah, there. Yeah, definitely. I, I think it's done before. extremely well, but that part right there, I I never, I don't know. For one thing, She's they go she straight didn't break from her hip. <laughs> well, you know, they go straight from throwing her in, and then it shows her dangling from the. So it never shows the transition from the top of the well to how she landed on that thing's teeth and and i think it's for me it was always too jarring it's like okay you know you you've you know you've you've done that moment between serial clips where you know the the car went off the cliff and then in the next one you know the 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 guy is safe on the roadside because he jumped out just beforehand it's like no <laughs> But you know, this being a tribute to those old serials, it all it kind of works in that yes. in that way as well. So, I always now, what? I always wonder how Sala got away. Was that in the book? Do you remember? I don't remember. I always, when I was a kid, I always thought Sala was the same actor who played the, the chief hawk, um, Hawkman in uh, Flash <laughs> <Yeah>. Gordon. <laughs> I always thought they were the same actor. That was one of my favorite parts of. Uh, um, the last crusade is that we got to see Sala again. I was very, yeah. very happy. Usually when they re re pull something like that back into a movie, I'm like, Oh, come on. You're rehashing it. But I was just like, yes. That, yeah. That worked for me. It really I like, did. cause I like Sala. I want to see, I actually wanted to see more of him, you know? So it's like, that worked for me in a way that bringing back Marion didn't. <laughs> That's one wobbly ass statue. I I always think, man, it must have fucking hurt him to do this, you know. He'll he'll do what he's such a pragmatist that he'll do what he'll have to do to save his life, to save his skin. But it's got to hurt to to I mean, that's literally a priceless artifact. That's Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, to smash up this place to get out, you know, right, is just you know. But I love it. He doesn't. 
he doesn't uh, really uh, spend waste any time worrying about what he has to do <laughs> about doing it. This is the only part to me that I felt was a little over top over the top with this movie that did didn't work. You know, the screams the being screams. dubbed in is a little yeah. <laughs> it always sounds like they're throwing up right there. I yeah. Think. <laughs> and and just the way that they're sort of animated, you know, all of a sudden, you know, just because she's walking through there, all of a sudden they all start popping out, you know. Right. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't make. It doesn't make sense in anything but a, you know. Um. Dramatic movie sort of way. <laughs> That's a big fucking rock. Oh, good. We're going to have some more Stone Cold Murder coming up. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. When I saw this as a kid, I kind of thought that they made up that flying wing for the movie. I didn't know that that was a real plane. I was like, that's a really cool plane they made up for this movie. It must be a secret German plane or so I think it probably was a secret German plane at that point yeah, in time. Yeah, I think it may have been, yeah. I love it. You see the guy actually stenciling yeah, the the Nazi symbol on it. It's it's just awesome. And that guy's sitting there listening to a record, listening to some music. Once again, a detail that you didn't need, you know. But he sets it up. He sets up the backstory of of even the guy who's sitting. You know, the guy sitting out there. He's Good bored. Old I like that part. Yeah. <laughs> he kicks him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> this is a Kirk fight. I love it. Well, I like I like I like how Indiana Jones fights because he he'll get the first blow in, but then he does the boxer thing where he like, you know, he he has his fists held out. You know, and in the classic, all right, we're gonna brawl. But he also will brawl. He'll pl fight dirty, you know. He, right, he takes yeah. the posture that he's a clean fighter, but he he's yeah, not. He's not afraid to kick somebody in the nuts or something. Yeah, I know. I like that. And this is just some beautiful casting too. It's just like, yeah, come <laughs> just on, I want to like, fight. Oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah. There in a minute. Yeah, I yeah. love that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you Your see like. He tries to kick him in the balls. Oh, he does kick him in. I he forgot. does kick him in the balls. He doesn't do a thing. I love it. <laughs> See, that was very comedic, but that dribble of blood makes it. This this fight is very non-realistic fight, but you know, like in a movie the theater and stuff, it's so it's like so insanely visceral. You feel. And that's another thing I love about Indiana Jones is he's one of those characters that you just get to see. I love it in the <laughs> movies. It just gets the shit beat out of them from beginning to end. I love it. The classic Spielberg Rube Goldberg moment where, you know, every single action just starts complicating and adding to the to the action. See, this is one thing that, that I could be wrong, but I, to my mind, that's something that, that Raiders brought to heroic movies is the hero getting the shit kicked out of him. 
Because up till this point, it always seemed like everybody was James Bond. You know, right, it's like right. they into the action with wearing a tuxedo, and at the end of it, they didn't have a friggin' scrape on them. They might get knocked out every once in a while as a convenient um, way to get them into the supervillain's lair or right. something, you know. But it was always like somebody would catch him by surprise. This one, he makes mistakes in judgment. He, you know, he he, he screws up, and yeah, and. And total, total wrong turns. I love, love that shot from the explosion over to the guy waking up. That's one of those, one of those film shots you only want to take one take. And then when the camera comes back, there's no more flames. It's just black smoke. It's insanely complicated shot. Expensive. Just everything, just like... And he's just like, shit, I'm going to blow up Marion again. Guy's <laughs> <laughs> beating the tar out of him. Once again, great music. Oh, I love the music in this. This was one of the parts that I was most happy was, you know, that I finally got when I got that that first bootleg. You know, eventually they did. Look at that did... guy's nose break. Yeah. He doesn't even care. I mean, eventually they did release uh, uh, an expanded score, but I think even the official expanded score that's out there is still not the complete soundtrack. I I think, but it is. It's it's awesome. And it was always one of those ones I was like, why is this not on the album? You know? At that point, I think they didn't just didn't realize that there was anybody who cared. You right. Know, besides maybe like five or six hundred, you know, film film freak people. I love it. You can even hear the the sound of the the propeller bouncing out. Although, look, both propellers are intact there. Right. <laughs> he always reminded me of the evil version of Claude Lacombe from Close Encounters. Right. See, all of a sudden, Salah's just free. You know, you'd think they would have taken him out. I, I guess this was pre-World War II, so the Nazis were, wouldn't, weren't, like, in power, so they probably wouldn't have taken him out and shot him. Well, he could always, you know, BS his way out of it too. You know, yeah. I didn't know that. You know, this guy ordering us around just, wasn't one of your men. Yeah, you know, just, yeah, I was doing he... what I was told. You know. I like this music. I've always like yeah. this was on the original soundtrack too. Abbreviated, yes. Yeah, it was. It was cut down, but yeah, this was on the original album. Yeah, there was one point in it where you could actually tell that it was sort of a clip. Right. You know, with where they clipped a part out of it. This is often imitated, but uh, but never never as awesome as it is in this movie, I think. Never. This chase sequence. Even by Spielberg has never really replicated this for, for... This is one of the most visceral, awesome chase scenes ever. What would you and, say is, is the closest... Uh, you know the closest to this as far as inspired Other... by that that you know kind of got it you know close die hard so, 
Really? Mm-hmm. Because a charismatic hero who gets the shit pounded out, out of him <laughs> against a smooth villain, you know, and basically does whatever, insa- you know, just basically is a bulldog. Yeah, that's what this is about Indiana Jones. Is he just uh, ain't going to stop. It's like, okay, I have to chase him. I'll start with a horse and work my way up. You know, it's it's never like, okay, they got the arc. I'll catch up with them later. It's just like, no, you're <laughs> going to have to. Every time I see this part, I think of that rogue cheddar thing from uh, from Monty Python there. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking uh, I was thinking the Rocketeer only because, you know, that's also a, a, a period piece. But, yeah, even that one doesn't have quite the grit this is that this, this is, one has this is a gritty gritty fucking out you go just, yep murder murder indiana jones just murders you know these I guys are just driving the truck these guys haven't shot at him or anything they're just driving the truck they're just they're they're, they're nazi scumbags though and they, they are die they are but at this point <laughs> not at this point nazis are just assholes or like they're a political party there's <laughs> even it, there's a Wilhelm and the at, at this point in the world Nazis you know there's people who know Nazis are the assholes but there's other people there's like Henry Ford's in America going I don't know the Nazis have some good ideas you know it wasn't all, uh, the Nazi thing wasn't all about racism and all that it was just an, a, a like a right wing like you know right wing as you would call it in those days political party in right and in, in Russia and and, and you know, Indiana Jones being who he is, he he probably he realizes that they're assholes. He's learning in Germany. I think you said in Russia. In Russia, I'm thinking Crystal Skull. I'm getting ahead of myself. But you know, it, it, this was before the this was before the rise of the Nazis, before they got their power and became you know. So so Spielberg is portraying all those kinks and you know crazy craziness of the nazis is sort of in its formative stages here it's here but it's still in the in the early stages of it you know i'm i'm wondering if before this indian if in this movie indiana jones would have said nazis i hate those guys and it, it maybe it would have been this movie that started his awareness of <laughs> of of the nazis and and stuff like that And I love these shots. And this is one thing that I, you know, you know me, I like Crystal Skull. But when they did the car chase in Crystal Skull that was similar to this, I love that. I love in the movie theater, that was just like, holy shit. When I was a kid, I was just like, <laughs> more people murdered. But, um, you know, when, when they do a shot over the, the, the canopy of a car and with these people looking back the camera shaking they're really driving you know it's not computer generated right. you feel the vibration and the do you remember that time that we hitched a ride on the train yes. from downtown Carthage down to my house and that same thing happened to us where we went yeah. through all those you know like pricker bushes and all that we were like we and then we were like ah yeah exactly that was great we we actually talked your bus driver into let let, like letting us off before your house and ran just in time to catch that train oh that's such a painful looking gunshot wound great effect this guy i mean that of a stunt man right there 
and the blood in this m movie was it, it, it was some of the like in a in a movie like this before in an action adventure movie that blood would have been a lot more bright red it wouldn't have had the right. chunky chunky real look of of real blood so a lot you of know, music in this part yes I love that too. That the stunt man loses his hat and just keeps going. I love it. And most other directors would be like, "All right, let's take that again and glue your hat in." Ah. <laughs> Punches him right in the wound. That's what I love. I mean, look at that's this. That's not this guy... real glass. No, that's yeah. I, I I mean, maybe they didn't make safety glass in those days. Yeah, maybe. And this, I, I never thought this was plausible from the beginning, but I always thought it was really cool. And I and you can always tell it's got that Mad Max undercrank uh, oh, yeah. look to it coming up here. It's one of the few special effects That's in the movie. That's great. Where, I yeah. mean, come on, though. But, yeah, going. I wish he had just gone back up. This, this is one of those moments in the movie I, I never really cared for because it just – Right there, when they switch to the trench, that's when it doesn't you work can, for me. Because yes. you can see that he's driving in a trench. Plus that, uh, what do you call it, thong I'm, wouldn't hold out on his whip that yeah. long for him to actually pull himself up. Now what, Jesus really needs, Christ, what they really need is a blood. special edition where Anthony Daniels is in there going, oh, this is such a drag. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I love this part. Boot this is to my the head. Part of the entire movie where he beats the shit out of this guy. Yes, fuck you, asshole. <laughs> love that. <laughs> He's pissed. <laughs> now to start crushing people. I love it. And the music, oh, I love it. I fucking love this movie. <laughs> Just perfect. I love it. Even the little flap in the back for their orders. Every little detail. But he's got the arc. Idiot! I <laughs> know, right, right back into Clouseau <laughs> territory. Whoop, sorry about your vegetable cart, but everybody knows vegetable carts have to go. This is I, cool. This is cool, but how the hell could they have planned that out? <laughs> you know? That's what I wondered is... That's true. That's very <laughs> He's true. improvising. <laughs> I like this guy. He just takes a, takes a fruit and hurls it. <laughs> Get the hell out of here. <laughs> Fuck your melon. <laughs> <laughs> And the horse it rode in on. <laughs> I'm going to jam along. And here we go. Is this Captain Katanga? Katanga. Is that now, that's a great Mr. thing. Is, what the hell does this guy do in it? You know, this guy's got two, you know, two or three scenes in the whole movie. I remember his name. You know, there's... You could tell this guy's just got a whole story behind him, you know? He's the Lando of the movie. He always reminded me of Lando. Because he's kind of a scoundrel rogue. Yes. Kinda, yeah. 
Well, right now this scene too. I think he comes back in the comics, doesn't he? Now that I think about it, I probably. Think they, they, I think he does meet him again. I'm sure he probably does, but yeah, but you could tell. You could probably make a Captain Katanga movie that would be like a riot, you know. <laughs> the guy's still doing his little shuffle dance in the, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the background. He looks like one of the village people. <laughs> Can my dick have one? <laughs> Look at him. He's just like. And this, and this is for little Sala. <laughs> yes, exactly. Look at this. He's, he's just like. <laughs> and he's singing. I think he's singing like a Gilbert and Sullivan song, yeah, you know? It is. It's the same song that uh, Picard, Worf, and Data sing in the, um, the beginning of Insurrection. Oh, right. Okay. Trying to snap him back into his program or whatever the hell they're doing, distracting him or whatever. Now, this scene in the one with the where the kids, this is my favorite scene in the scene where the kid, this, this, this is so meta of me talking about it. In the movie where the kids did the shot-for-shot shot remake of raiders in their backyard when they did this scene they they all vis- visibly age because it took them years to do it oh. so <laughs> i love how they cut to the outside of it for the scream but um this scene by this time they were about our age when we were you know running around with the whip in in black river and and felt's mills and stuff and he obviously had like the girl down the street to be in the movie, talked her into being in the movie and was pubescent at, while they were filming this. <laughs> and he reminds me of you, whereas you would you, you could do like if you had to act out Raiders of the Lost Ark, you could have you could have acted out Harrison Ford's body language and you had the hat and everything. That's what this kid's doing. But now he gets the scene where he has to make out with the girl next door to him for their big movie, you know? So you can see that they're like 13 years old and he's just like, Oh my God, I'm going to get kissed. You know, <laughs> and they're, they're, they're doing this whole, you know, doing the whole scene. She's like climbed up on uh, uh, up next to him. It's, it, it, it's so charming and awesome to watch. And I don't know if everybody picks it up, but I, it, I, I picked up on it watching it because it reminded me so much of us, you know, Here. Everybody's just uh, everybody's just telling Marion where to kiss him and not really taking full advantage of it. <laughs> he falls asleep. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you think about it, he's had just about forty-eight hours of him getting the shit beat out of him, shot. I don't know. I it sounds like a, this part. Yeah, God hates Nazis too. I like that sound. I want to know what they did to that mouse to make it that, do that. I've always uh, they must. I'll bet you it looks like they mu- were making like a sound or something that was really unpleasant. But that mouse looks like that mouse is like <laughs> not digging whatever's going on. <laughs> 
it's almost like he's in a microwave or something, you know? Right. I'm sure Spielberg didn't put a mouse in a microwave for it. Well, it looks like he got some booty anyway, right? Yeah. Maybe. God, I want a pirate ship or a submarine or so. Every time I see shit like this, I'm just like, you know, like the 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 control room in a ship and stuff. I'm just like, God, I want one. Wouldn't it be awesome to? I, I want a fucking Millennium Falcon too. <laughs> did you hear? Did you hear that Lucas is a big 2012 believer? He thinks the world's gonna end in 2012. This guy was at a meeting and and. They were like, well, what are you going to – they're like, well, if you and – and Lucas went on a 20-minute tirade about how nothing mattered because in by December it's all over. And the guy was like, well, look, you're George Lucas, right? You've got a ticket on the spaceship out of here. Can you get me a ticket on the spaceship? And George Lucas is like, I wish there was a spaceship out of here. It's just going to be me and Spielberg sitting in our replica of the, of the Millennium Falcon waiting for the end, though. <laughs> <laughs> but I want a replica of the Millennium Falcon. I like this. She goes over to smack him. <laughs> ah, ah, ha. Ah, she's a spirited one. He doesn't believe it for a minute. Well, I was just going to say, how could you believe that? <laughs> I mean, this guy's obviously Captain Katanga, but, you know, Captain Katanga versus Indiana Jones, no. And 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 Belloc knows that, too. But I think there's a part of Belloc that loves it, too. That mm -hmm. loves, you know, I you know, obviously Belloc's no real f fan of the Nazis. He's just using them. So, you know, he's probably just happy you know there's a part of him that's happy to have the whole the whole chase and the girl and and the competition with jones to drive him i love how you can see the horizon just they've got the camera mounted to the ship and the horizon's going up and down that guy does not look very nazi <laughs> He looks Look very British. British, yes. British, yeah. Well, the British were Nazis, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think they still are Nazis. That's what I heard. Uh, okay, we'll have to ask Andy Leyland next, next time we talk to him. Uh, he's a Nazi. That's what I thought, right? That's that's like, yeah. That's what I he was... love the military spin on the Indiana Jones. Yes. Here. It's great. Oh well, well I mean, this this is also something. This is also one of those things that Spielberg that people have copied and ruined is that <laughs> the 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 music there and then the people cheering. It's telling you to um you know woo. This is you're supposed right. to you're supposed to be cheering like them. And there it works. 
When I he really, climbs up on there, it's like, yes, Indiana, yes, he's still I on really the... I really do wish that somewhere in here that he would have salvaged a little bit of footage from the part where Indy lashes himself to the periscope because that I still feel like that's... That's a long needed. way they traveled there. Yeah, but I, I still feel like it needs a little bit of explanation, you know, how how did he make it? You know, how did he survive and... and because this that gives the impression that the sub traveled that entire distance above the waves. Well, it's it, it, ridiculous. It's a no. Sub it use submarines use way less fuel when they travel like a boat, though. I mean, if it's unnecessary for a submarine to to be submerged, they can save a lot of fuel by uh, a lot of friction by. This is just the the kids that did the shot for shot pulled this scene off perfectly. I love how he just holds him down and beats him unconscious. But uh, if what I was on that guy's head, he looks like Dengar or something. I think he's probably got a few bandages from his uh, chase with Indiana Jones. <laughs> he's, they patched him up in the in the boat on the way over. And I love this. This is also something that never gets ad got addressed until this point is like right. knocking someone out and not having their clothes fit. And then him going, oh, yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> See, he's looking at him going. Yeah, he's about my size. He looks like a pig. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> but the kids got the the guy. They got that shot perfect with the hat flying up and everything. It was it's it's great. But if if I I think that this was filmed in a real Nazi yes, submarine base that was built into the cliffs of somewhere, you know, it was one of their old World War Two. It was exactly what it is in this. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's the cliffs of Dover from when the English uh, bombed Pearl Harbor, right? Sure. I think so. That's I'm I'm pretty sure you're right. Man, I'm glad we had good history teachers. At Carthage Central High School. I just realized uh, that Toth is sort of like the Darth Vader of this in a way. Yeah, in a way, yeah. I always liked this right here because I've heard that that part criticized before. I, I can't remember where I was reading that or where I heard that. I think that that's very realistic. Yes, it was a stupid thing to do, but you know what? Sometimes bravado and your ego makes you do stupid shit, you know, stupid no, what, macho bullshit. What are you and talking about? Where, where Indy like slams into to Belloc, you know, just just to hit him. You know what I mean? You know, just oh, that, yeah, yeah. That, that nudge. I mean, it could have blown the entire scheme, sure, but he just had to get that. He had to do it. In, you know? I've I've done that to people before, and when you do something like that, when the, the, the last person I nudged like that was somebody I hated their fucking guts. <laughs> so, yeah, he, yeah. It was it, it was his way of just being like, fuck you, man. But right. that's what I like about this is he's... He don't fuck around, you know. He he also re he also is doing stuff a little bit of it for his own benefit. What? It was this called Arc Trek or something like that, I think. Yeah, I know. <laughs> needs Jawas in this scene. Yeah. And a Ronto. 
Oh, he totally two. needs to start doing the CGI stuff with with Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> yeah, like you could. Although this has one of the greatest things that, like, it looks like CGI. Yep. But it ain't. That's right. disgusting. Awesome, 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 awesome. I mean, he really ate a bug in that scene, didn't he? That was just like a take with that where that fly like went in his mouth and they kept it. I don't think they animated that fly on there. If it's animated, it's a hell of a good job because it doesn't yeah. look animated. Because this was still the, the days of like, you know, I mean, Superman 2 was a year or two after this. And the animated stuff in that looks animated. Looks animated compared to other stuff, yes. I always like this part. Just blow it up! Because he knows, yeah, there's no way Indiana Jones is going to blow up the Ark of the Covenant. He knows as long as Indiana Jones is alive and the Ark is there that... Yeah. <laughs> that line right there, it took me, I, I feel stupid having to admit this, but I have to admit it. It took me years to realize what he said right there. He said Indiana. He said his name for the first time. And I, with that French accent, I could never figure out what the hell did he say? And, and then it suddenly hit me at some point. Or maybe I watched it with the, uh, with the uh, subtitles on once just to figure it out or something. Because every once you ever have that happen where there's some movie that you love, you've watched it a million times, but there's like one line of dialogue somewhere in it that you still to this day don't know what what they said. And a lot of times when I would originally see that dialogue, it would just sort of slough off in my head. Yeah, and then like years later, all of a sudden you'll be just like, oh, well, that was fucking obvious. <laughs> right, yeah. Because there's still line, there's still movie lines like that to this day in certain movies where I I'm just baffled. I'm like I don't know what the hell he just said right there. It's, he's you know marbles in his mouth or something. And I love this because it's filmed like a film set. They got cameras going. It's like it's a big so eyeball on the top of that pole that they're strapped to. Maybe it's just the version I'm watching, but I love that that that's a beautiful old tripod they have that camera on too. But I love that Spielberg has them filming it too, you know. And uh, the moment I feel like they screwed up right there is where the guys walk up and just lift the lid off. I think they should have used a stick or something because up to this point they've been very faithful to what the Bible says about the Ark, and then in this moment they just walk up and lift the lid off. It's like no, they should be they should die instantly. No, they're, 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 I I think when they touched the lid and lifted the lid off, yeah, their fate was sealed. But I think they get toyed with a little bit. I think the you know, you know the. You know, the the second they touched it, yeah, the arc was like, okay, you guys are getting melted, motherfuckers. But it it gave them some time to, you know, I mean the the well, in god, the Bible, the god was... of the god of Raiders of the Lost Ark is a dramatic god. Right. You know, he does oh, things sure. in I, a dramatic manner. He's he's I Old Testament that, but... style. Yeah, but still, I mean, one of the one of the more famous incidents in the Bible with the ark is where they were transporting it somewhere and it was God's people. It wasn't like enemies had captured the ark. It was right. his own people 
we're taking it somewhere and something happened. It's like, I don't know, somebody stumbled or something and, and the ark started to fall and a guy reached out to help, you know, like to steady the ark and it struck him dead the moment he touched it. And so they, you could not touch the ark. It, it was just, you know, it was some sort of like power battery type of thing, right. you know, is, is what, you know, modern scientists seem to think that it had some, something about the way it was constructed that it, it, you know, it had, had electrical properties, like, like yeah, electrical properties, like a like a if giant it, battery. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I'm not I don't know my biblical history, but, I, you know, I mean, that's assuming that it actually existed. You know, I mean, that, I'm I'm hardly a Bible scholar, but I tell you what, I was so fascinated with all of the Indiana Jones movies that, you know, I did whatever, you know, reading up I could and there was a lot of really cool stuff in the Bible about the Ark of the Covenant, you know, and plus there was some good books that came out after this movie. There was one that I always like, and I still have it in my collection. It was called, uh, I think it's called where is the lost Ark? And it was an examination of up to that point, all of the possible, all of the, the possible locations. Yeah. And, and, and there was, were, yeah, I've read stuff about that too. And there's like, there've been like three or four arcs supposedly that may be the real arc that have been traced from this church to that church, to this catacomb, to that catacomb. And here comes the fun. I remember in the movies going, Oh my God, I can't believe I'm watching this in a PG movie. I had just exploded. That's an R rated. That's from like scanners or something, but you know what? They're Nazis. So blow them up really good. All this, uh, it's so funny. Uh, uh, this whole sequence here, I think a lot of it got um, translated into Poltergeist. Yeah. This whole sequence reminds me a lot of Poltergeist, which wasn't even Spielberg directing it, but it was I somebody really like directing it. with the, the lid coming down perfectly. Just like, yep. That Oops. is cool. But it, it's, it's, it doesn't have that cheesy, like, reverse look to it it looks like it just bounced right down into place and their and their ropes are burned off them i never noticed that till this time that he holds up a piece of burnt rope yeah smells like burnt nazi how'd they get home <laughs> now where are they supposed to be they're on some island well, there's Monster Island. There's plenty. There's plenty Paradise of submarines. Island. I don't know. I don't the, know where this. Yeah, I don't know where that is. I'm sure there's a radio in there somewhere too. That's cool, right there. I like that shot. But you see, then you see him, and he's, and now his, but his glasses are off, and he's wearing, an, he's wearing a more corporate, you know, a more dress suit. Right. See totally that Clark home. Kent thing I was talking about before. I I don't think, other than that scene that I was commenting on, I I don't think that ever happens again. You know, which is kind of sad because it, the the next thing that that I always thought was was a nice nod, and I'm pretty sure it was purposeful. A, a nice nod to the comics of the era is in the next movie, um, Temple of Doom, with him having the kid sidekick. Yes. I think that is a direct nod to the comics of the time, like Batman and Robin or cap and Bucky type of thing, or, you know, the human torch and Toro. 
And I like that's one of the reasons that movie really works for me is I get that. I get that I'm pretty sure that that's purposely what they were going for. And I was always surprised that so many people didn't like it. That, you know, why, well, why would he be endangering He's this appealing kid? Kind of to thing? The well, kids. why would Batman be taking an eight year old kid into battle? It's just. That was the it's, time, you know. The, I was gonna say in these time periods, it was it was a little different. He's not he's not a very fatherly kind of guy, you know. No. He's, he's a pragmatist, and he, and and he was like, shit, this kid's been surviving on the street, right. as you know. There's very few times he's, in Temple of Doom where he treats short round as a child you know there's only a couple moments where he's like you know hey kid look away or you know right. don't don't you know that scene where he goes up and he sees the well he knows what what's it, beyond fingers or something and he says uh don't come up here i like that moment because that's one of the few moments in the movie where he remembers hey this is a child you know and well he knows what he knows that there's parts of short round that are adult but there's parts of him that are still a kid so he was you know he was drawing the line. He was drawing the line at certain parts. I just have to say, I never needed to see this warehouse again. Oh, really? That's one of my. I love. I. Hate I love that, that part I of hate of that movie. That it's the same warehouse. I don't because I thought that this was somewhere like in Washington, like some, you know, CIA, FBI, whatever big warehouse of of stuff that you know like this that they collect and then it just disappears i never thought it was supposed to be area 51 or that it was supposed to be out and where are they in that movie i forget well they would be in groom lake if it was there yeah 51 but i i i I'm, I'm serious dude i hate that i don't have a problem with him going to a giant warehouse that's similar but when they gave us the arc in that, I was just like, that was too much. I, I, I've never liked that. Really? I, I love that. right out of the movie. That whole, that whole opening sequence. Well, we'll get to that whenever we do that movie. But okay. I, really, I really loved that opening sequence. That really, I, I was so happy seeing that in the summer and sitting in a theater going, oh, God, this is awesome. I, I just, I thought it was the best part of that whole movie really the for some, the, yeah there's a lot of things that i like ab uh, about that but um yeah it, it it joe johnston yeah art director visual effects now see he i think is one that does get it cuz yes. each of his period piece movies i watch i i get sort of a raiders vibe off them you know hey ralph McQuarrie worked and nilo rodas jamero another who that he he did a I, I I recognize his name from the Jedi sketchbook. He did a lot of the the he did a really neat early a lot of the early sketches for the um, Rancor, and I always I always remember his name because it was always um, you know signed Nilo Rodas Jamero, and that was a very interesting name. You know, it was a very unusual name, so I always remembered it. But uh. There's the ultra high speed camera for the one one scene, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, look at the star the star uh, you know the Star Wars connection uh, they filmed in Tunisia, you know, right? And you know they wouldn't have filmed in Tunisia if, if they hadn't figured out that it was cheap to film there in Star Wars. 
Oh, yeah, that yes. was uh, – well, that's something I meant to mention was uh, at the beginning there when they were, you know, supposedly they were in Peru, but a lot of it they were actually in Hawaii. A lot of those scenes, like the the creek that he crosses right there at the beginning and then that, um, that uh, I don't know what it's supposed to be, lagoon or whatever that they're standing in front of when he puts mm-hmm. the pieces of the map together, a lot of that stuff was used and reused and reused on uh, the Lost TV show. That island that they were supposedly on, a lot of it was filmed in the same locations this movie was filmed in. Oh. That's very interesting. I think some of Jurassic Park may have been filmed in that same general area too, but I'm not not 100% sure. I want to say that that big field that Indy gets chased across by the Hovitos is the same one where Alan Grant and the kids get chased by the whatever those are. Those oh, I yeah. think, but well, they're, don't, they're don't not hold chased me to as it, much so. as as the whole swarm of them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. But we're and not now done. Star Trek Three. <laughs> that's how Star Trek Three opens. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we had. Uh, what did we have to? We had have an important to talk about. We had an important announcement. Uh, oh I yeah, guess a, a, an announcement of what was coming up next. Yeah, coming up next, we actually know what the next one is that we're going to do uh, again. By your votes, by your choice, the next one with the the next highest amount of votes so far is Jaws, also by Steven Spielberg. So we next time around on Commentary Monthly Monday. We will be covering Jaws, which uh, you Another were saying some... Spielberg movie. Well, also it has uh, a connection with uh, uh, Jamie. Yes, because Jamie Benning has just announced that his next movie, Filmumentary, is going to be Jaws. That's going to be awesome. That is awesome. And I remember when he finished, the, he did them in... I don't. I think he might have done Empire first, and then Jedi, and then Star Wars. But when he finished the original Star Wars trilogy, people are like, "What are you gonna do next?" And they were like, "The top two. It was almost like what we're doing now is people were like writing him, and the top two things that people were asking him about were Jaws and Raiders. And I remember him saying, "Well, you know, I thought about doing Jaws. I thought about doing Raiders. I have serious doubts that I'd be able to do either one of them because." there just isn't the wealth of material that there is with Star Wars. So I might have a hard time, you know, doing that treatment to him. But it looks like he might have done a bit of research and found out that, or um, maybe some doors open to him. Dude, we need to, we totally need to get him on the show because, you know, when when we had him on the show before, you you were the one that got to speak to him. I've, I've actually never spoken to him. We need to get him on the show. I want to find out what his other fandoms are because... I would love it, love it if this guy tackled um, Star Trek the Motion Picture with the same fervor that he did with the with the Star Wars movies. I think that would be awesome. Hell, I'd like to see him do like all the early Star Trek movies. That would be really yeah. cool. But you know, I'd, we'd we'd need to find out if he's actually you know if he's into Star Trek or not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because well, so far it's just been you know Lucasfilm properties when- or, or well you know Lucas and and Spielberg stuff. So. When, when we got him on the show, we were literally the first people who contact. We weren't the first people to interview him. I think a lot of people got a hold of him before us 
because, but we were the first people to contact contact him and schedule an interview and say, hey, we want to do an interview with you. And he was just like, wow, you know. At that point, he was getting a good deal of views on YouTube, but nobody was like, hey, I want to, you know, interview you about that. And then within a week later, the BBC was calling him and, and you know, it blew up. So, so he remembers us because we were the first ones to pay attention to him as far as like podcasts go. So he said he he was definitely totally willing to, but, and and when I interviewed him also, like the people that listen to our podcast and you and stuff, nobody ever heard of him. So they're like, all right, do an interview with that guy. Okay. That's interesting. Right. You know, you know, now, now he's kind of, he's been definitely since then, uh, making his mark and. I'm just so proud of him. Well, beyond that one, so that'll be next month. And then the month beyond, we uh, we have a three-way tie so far between Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, and the original Alien. Wow, that's so, the, Alien's the only non-Spielberg one so yeah. far in the voter. So if, if you want to um, have your say, you have an excellent chance now to go to our um our um forum and vote and and get your voice if 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 you're like no no i definitely don't want to hear that or if there's one of them that you definitely do want to hear you can vote one up or there you go or vote something down and uh and we're still still taking submissions you know yeah. as far as and all but but also along with uh with continuing to submit ideas uh definitely vote on those three that are uh, the contenders for the the show after next so that we have a clear decided winner amongst those three yes and and, and new, we'll go from there new stuff is always good grist for the mill and 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 half the time somebody mentions a movie and you and I both smack our heads and go oh god of course what are we thinking so <laughs> So get on there, and uh, we'll see you in another month with Jaws. That should be an exciting one. Yeah. you ever find yourself going to amazon.com and uh buying some record or movie or some stupid thing that two true freaks have been talking about so that you can catch up on it or you've been reminded of it or something well now how about this instead of going to amazon.com go to two true and follow our link to amazon.com when you do that if you buy something over at amazon we get a little cut out of it which is awesome because we love money and it won't cost you a thing. Did you know you can sponsor an episode of this or any other of your favorite Two True Freaks affiliated shows? That's right. Simply click the PayPal link on our website, donate any amount at all, Tell us which show you're choosing and what message, if any, you'd like us to read on your behalf, and you will be an official sponsor of that show's very next episode, with your message read in the show's opener. It's that easy, and there is no minimum donation. 
Be a show sponsor today. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.libsyn.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. Libsyn is spelled L-I-B-S-Y-N. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Join our forum at forumforgeeks.com where you can discuss all of the shows on our feed with us and your fellow listeners. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. And hey, you can friend me, Scott Gardner, on Facebook too. My name is spelled S-C-O-T-T-G-A-R-D-N-E-R. You can friend me on Facebook too, if you can find me. Now available, Two True Freaks t-shirts. See our website for details. Two True Freaks is a very proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. You can check that out at www.comicspodcast.com, where you can hear our new episodes when we put them up. We are also members of the League of Comic Book Podcasts. For more information, visit comicbooknoise.com league. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? Thanks for listening, and join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks. Two True Freaks has been brought to you today by Damanzo Corps of Milan, Italy, and by the letters F and U.